All right. Good evening, planet Earth or whoever, uh, wherever people are listening to this from. Uh, lots of you come from all different kinds of countries, which is beautiful. Um, but good evening, good evening, good evening. It's May 5th, uh, 2022, last I checked. Uh, happy Cinco de Mayo, if you choose to 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 celebrate, as they say. Um, I don't know where I'm going with this, but good evening. Welcome. Uh, podcast listeners, here's your list of players that I took a look at this week. Uh, Lucas Gustafson, Yuri T. Hotchek. Uh, I didn't tweet out the link as I, as I was supposed to. Uh, Yuri T. Hotchek, Ryan Chesley, Marcus Nguyen. Um, who else? Uh, Adam Shikora finished him up. Gleb Trikazov finished him up as well. Um, okay. Uh, retweet. There you go. Okay. Uh, Simon Nemich went up a couple spots. Alex Pelevin, uh, Adam Ingram went up a spot. Philip Norberg down a spot or sorry, Philip Norberg. I pulled off my list. That's a typo. Uh, Jimmy Snuggerud went up quite a bit. Uh, Jack Devine, uh, down a little bit. Marco Casper back into my first round, but only just. And the, and the, uh, Vladimir Gurdinin report is out. So if you haven't seen it, uh, put it in your watch later or something and watch it later. Uh, patrons should have access to two more now. Uh, and those will be out on McKean's in the coming days. Uh, I have to send, uh, the, 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 the second of the two off, but I will. Uh, so next week there should be two out and I'll be filming, uh, two more this weekend. So super excited about that. Um, looking forward to showing you what I found. Um, so I already got, I already see that there's a question about the NHL central scouting list. So I'm just going to pull it up. Um, let's just pull it up here. There we go. Okay. So let's pull that up and put it in there. Um, not much other housekeeping going on. Uh, it's been busy, uh, busy as busy gets, uh, video production season is in full swing. Um, but yeah, let's dive into the question so I don't bore you. Uh, the first question of the night, uh, have you seen Shakir Mukamadoulin play this season? He arrived in Utica in time for their playoff run. I have not. Uh, I only saw Mukamadoulin at the world juniors this year. Uh, but I have not seen him very much in the KHL. I haven't watched that much KHL this year. Mostly it's been um, Danila Yurov. That's been the most KHL I've watched. Grudinin as well here and there. Um, so yeah, those are those are some pretty neat. They're, 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 those are some pretty neat uh, players. But Mukamadul and I have not seen much of. So I can't say much outside of what I saw at the World Juniors. I still feel the same way about Mukamadul as I have since he was drafted. Um, but I mean, we'll see how he does in the AHL. Uh, he's, he's certainly improved, I think, based on the limited things I've seen out of him. But the thing with him is that he was always a long-term project with a long trajectory to sort of get to where he could be. But who knows? Maybe it'll be uh, fine. Um, but uh, yeah, we'll see what happens. But I have not seen a ton of him. Matt, what's going on since Tenniel Boy? I think that's Matt behind that account. Um, hello. Which prospects, if any, do you think Kamel's performance at the U18s which which prospects, if any, do you think Kamel's performance at the U18s will cause him to leapfrog over on some teams' draft boards? I think I understand what your question is asking. Who is Kamel going to go in front of now that he had a pretty solid U18? Um, I don't know. I mean, I still. I mean, so I've got I've got Kamel at nine at the moment. Um, 
I get the... I don't know. I mean, it's... It, the central scouting list I find is generally not the most accurate thing in the world when it comes to actually looking at the draft. Um, I mean, I would be very, very shocked if Kamel went ahead of a guy like Slavkovsky or Juracek, um, even Cooley. Uh, I, I think that that would be a real surprise. He's not going ahead of Shane Wright. But I mean, could I see him going above Matthew Savoy? Yes, absolutely. Could I see him going ahead of Simon Nemich? Potentially, I, I could see that as well. Um, so, I, I, I don't know. But in terms of the other guys at that tournament, you know, like, I, I'm seeing a lot of, a lot of, sh a lot of Cutter Goche really high on some lists. Uh, and I don't know, maybe I see that, but I don't know how you, I don't know how you do that and, and take Kamel over Goche. Um, it dep I mean, I guess the answer to your question is it kind of depends on who you ask. I mean, for me, he didn't really move up on my list at all. Like, I thought that tournament for him was pretty up and down, but when it was up, it really was up when it counted. But it was a lot of power play production, and, you know, like, he's he's a top 10 player. I think that's a reasonable range for him, but I still think that I'm really hesitant on, like, really blasting him to the top of my list. Uh, and uh, you'll see why. Um, before too long. Not immediately, but before too long, I promise. Uh, who in the 5-7 to seven range best compliments the Devils? Guys that would go well with Hughes, Heischer, Holtz, and Mercer up front, or Hughes and Hamilton on the back? Well, I mean, at 5-7, through seven, someone really good is going to be available. Um, like, it could be an interesting fit for a guy like Kamel in that range. I probably wouldn't do it, but I could see it. If for some reason Slavkovsky is available, I feel like Slavkovsky could offset those forwards really well. Um, I don't think Logan Cooley will be available. I think David Yurichek would be a great New Jersey Devil. Like, really, a really interesting player. I don't know if he'll be available in that range. But there's going to be someone worth drafting in that range. You know, I, I, someone's going to get drafted pretty high that pushes everyone down. Um, I think there's a pretty strong group at the top in terms of not any, not particularly huge upside, but like just really solid players. Um, my, my tiers have gotten a little bit blended together over the last couple of weeks. So I don't know. I got to rethink some of this, but, um, you know, like I, I wouldn't add like a Kevin Korchinski there. I wouldn't add like a high octane offensive guy, like an Isaac Howard or something. Frank Nazer maybe is an option, Liam Ugren, but I don't know. My my initial thought is if a guy like Slipkovsky or Juracek is available at five through seven, down, down on that for sure. As in I would I would do it. Uh thoughts okay, so thoughts on the NHL Central Scouting rankings. So I'll preface all of this by saying that it, to me it's pretty clear you, you you have to look through this through the lens of like what their philosophy is. And I think you can tell pretty quickly what their philosophy is. And I feel like with central scouting, they, they start with the, the cream of the crop, right? Like they look at the best players and they go, okay, these are the guys like Shane Wright, Logan Cooley, boom, boom. You know, like those are the can't miss top end of the guys. Um, the, the and, and, and very quickly, I feel like it turns into who do we think is just gonna play? Like, who do we think is just gonna be in the NHL playing some kind of role, right? So that's how you get guys like Maverick Lamoureux, Nathan Gaucher, Owen Pickering, um, you know, uh, even even a guy like Jimmy Snuggerud, Owen Beck, uh, Luca Del Belbaluz, uh, Pavel Mintyukov, Connor Geeky. These are all guys that I think you can look at and go, you know what? 
all else fails, they're going to play in the NHL. They're going to play third line, whatever, bottom end of your lineup minutes. They, they can bottom out at that. They're smart enough. They're big enough. They're, they're skilled enough. Riga Lorenz is another one of those. You know, they have enough qualities where we're all watching playoff hockey right now. If you just send guys out there to crash, bang, boom, uh, and you just send guys out there to take pucks off of other guys, even if they can't play with the puck very well in the NHL, just avoiding tragedy defensively is good enough to play in the NHL a lot of the time. And if there's and there, if there's guys that are available, like, so if you go down to 23, 24-ish on this list for North American skaters, you're looking at maybe a late first at best, early mid second round pick and if you get a guy like Matthias Sapovalov in the early to mid second like I wouldn't do it but I've seen enough of him to go I could see this guy playing on an NHL team's fourth line and if you get that if you get a a, a useful player a guy who will tread water in the early to mid second round that's a good draft pick personally I don't see a ton of value in players like that but if that's what your goal is then go nuts and so for Sapovala, for example, like that's an example of a guy where I think, you know, he has a lot of traits that NHL teams might like, even if they're not hugely high end. It's like, look, maybe this guy will be a bottom six. Sure. And, and, and they're relatively confident. So you can look at the list and go, oh, like how could they possibly think blah, 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 blah. But for example, I look at a guy like Seamus Casey at 29. I have been very vocal about him all year, but I'm also very vocal about how aggressive I am on him and how much I like him and how much growth there could be in his game that I think is really impressive and could really be great value in the draft. But he's not, he's objectively not a better player than some of the guys ahead of him, at least not right now. I mean, I think I would like, I, I like him a lot more than Fraser Minton and Adam Ingram and, and even Lane Hudson and. Uh, Tristan Luneau and Matias Sapovalov, I think there's way more to work with with Seamus Casey than those guys. But those guys probably have safer floors, and Casey's floor is not an NHLer, in my opinion. Beyond that, I mean, yeah, like Ty Nelson is another one you could look at. How could you possibly have Ty Nelson at 32? He was the first overall OHL pick. He was blah, 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 blah. He was this and this and this. And I look at Ty Nelson, and I see a guy who I think needs a reboot I don't know he his game has completely transformed in my view or at least it's not playing to his strengths the way he's playing now I don't think it works in the NHL he's just a a guy who will shoot it at first opportunity in the offensive zone a guy who will always defer to passing the puck up the ice and not do a particularly good job doing it he's among the leaders in uncontrolled exits and entries that I have tracked this year and it's like not even that close. Like he's out in front because he's just aiming for those stretch passes, stretch pass, stretch pass, stretch pass. And they're always just missing the target and it, and it limits his offense. Can he do other stuff? Sure. He's just not doing it. Uh, he's just not doing it. Uh, so is that a, is that a him problem or is that a North Bay problem or whatever? That That's not, that's for, that's for NHL scouts to figure out. But the, again, similar to Casey, I could see a world where Ty Nelson really struggles to, to get to the NHL. So they're going to put him below other people. Um, I, but I mean, I, I think it also in this draft, it also makes me kind of realize looking at this, I'm going, this is not the most exciting group of players. I think it's hilarious that Christian Cairo is gone, has gone from 179 to 48. Um, that's a hell of a jump. And 179 was really low uh, from what I remember. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't have too many qualms with it. I, I think after a certain point, there's definitely that like blubber area where they add the guys that they think I, I think they think are safer and the riskier guys are kind of mixed in there. Um, I mean, Europe, I agree with some of it, but obviously not all of it. I mean, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, 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 it's kind of at the point where I just kind of go, I don't know. Sure. Like you just kind of go, okay. Um, you know, this is a large group of people putting together a group of names. A lot of these I've never even seen before. Guys like Yaroslav Yaparov, uh, never heard that name before in my life. Mons Forsfjall at 47, all of a sudden kind of, again, like that's, I feel like that's NHL central scouting go. He's boring, but, like, kind of effective, young, and playing against men, like, maybe, sure. And if you're 47th in Europe, according to them, like, whatever. Like, I would be having, I would be putting Adam Sakura. I'm amazed Adam Sakura fell. I would have him higher. Um, I, I, I would have, who else? Um, I thought Julian Lutz has been good. Um, he went up a little bit. Uh, you know, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't really have the time to like do a dissertation on this. Uh, but it's, it, I don't know. It's, it's a list of hockey players, you know, like that's what they always say is it's a list of hockey players. Um, Kulik won the MVP of the U18s. Yes, he did. Congratulations to him. Thoughts. And do you think you are ranking him lower than maybe he should be ranked? And where should his statue be built in your front yard or backyard? <laughs> Uh, I'm surprised he won the most valuable player, to be honest. I mean, I know he scored the most goals, but, like, a lot of them were on the power play. And, like, it was pretty clear very quickly that Czech Republic, that the Czechia team was going, that's our shooter, so we're just going to give him the puck and he's going to shoot it. And in this tournament, like, the goaltending was bad for most teams. Pucks were just going in. If he cranks shots like he can all year, or he has all year, eh, they're going to go in at some point. And so he was just peppering the net and it worked um i thought other guys had played better guys like hugo havlid matthias havlid played really well uh uh logan cooley played really well um i thought uh who else played really well um i mean you're not going to give the mvp to like connor mcdavid or connor connor bedard or, or adam fantilli but those guys i thought were the best players in the tournament so i don't know um yeah i don't know um but anyway, uh, am I, do I have him ranked lower than I should? I don't think so. I, 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 I've got Kulik ranked pretty, pretty high relative to the market. Like it's 20, I'm at, he's 22 for me, 33 on average, 13 in Europe. I mean, I don't think I'm going to move him any higher because the names ahead of him are guys like Daniil Yurov, Pavel Minchukov, Jonathan Lekaramaki, Noah Ostlin played great in that tournament, Vladimir Grudinin. And I just don't think I can put Kulik ahead of those guys. Kevin Korchinski, Cutter Goche, like, I think those guys are just a step up. Um, but Kulik does have a lot of potential. So where is the statue going to be built? There's more room in the front yard. Uh, so we'll, we'll put them, we'll put them in there. Thoughts on the NHL playoffs so far. Should the Rangers goal have counted last game? So the Rangers goal, I don't care. You could make the argument one way or the other. I've, I've seen it a couple of times. I, I, I guess I kind of lean in the direction that it isn't goaltender, goaltender interference. But what I do think it illustrates is that we need to be more strict with defenders throwing their opponents into their own goalies. Like, I, I I don't know why that's a thing, 
that happens. It, it, if, it, if I were a goalie and I saw that happening on camera on a replay or something, I would not be very happy because that's dangerous. It's dangerous to the goalie. It's dangerous to the player you're hitting. It, it could be dangerous to the defenseman who's hitting him into the net for all I know. Um, so I am not a fan of that kind of a play. And I feel like referees should be more willing to almost call goalie interference on the team who's been interfered with and just go, no, you're interfering with your own goalie and, and just come down hard on that kind of thing. Cause I see it a lot, right? Like they're not trying to play the puck. A guy will, the, the, the whistle will blow. The guy will have a stick anywhere near the goalie and the guy will give him a shove in the back of, in the back and they'll go straight into the goalie. It's just, it, it just seems unnecessary and something that referees could have a little bit more ability and freedom to to play around with. But on that specific goal, with the rules as they are, it's kind of a like I feel like in any situation where it's like you analyze it frame by frame and like you know in a sport where you can't really think uh, that you can't really think that quickly, it's so so hard to make that call right. I could see it going either way, so I don't really care all that much, and I know a lot of people seemed to really care. Um, but it, it, I don't know, like the, the, the thing with referees is that they are paid to make decisions and the decision they made, made people upset. It didn't make certain other people upset, but I don't know. In my mind, I see what I see one way or the other. I get it on, on either end. It's a tough call. I wouldn't want to have to make it. Um, I probably lean a little more on the fact that it was goalie interference, but not nearly enough for me to be like, that was conclusively goalie interference. And I just think it's a lesson for us to be like, okay, moving forward, we should keep an eye on on defensemen and how they behave with four checkers and throwing them into their own goalie. Because I feel like that's something that you can you can probably deal with a little bit more and be a little more strict with. Um, but my thoughts on the NHL playoffs so far, I'll pull up a bracket. Um, so I've, I've watched as much as I can. I've watched a lot of the Kings and Oilers series. I watched the Colorado-Nashville game, or at least half of it. I watched Minnesota-St. Louis last night. I was also watching Toronto-Toronto-Tampa. Uh, only saw bits of Washington-Florida. Um, didn't ha- I only saw bits of Carolina-Boston. Um, didn't I only watched the last overtime period of Pittsburgh-New uh, York, and I haven't seen Calgary-Dallas. So full disclosure there, but. Uh, I mean, on one end of the spectrum of fun, the Colorado game was a ton of fun in a sense. Um, I have loved that Oilers-Kings series. I personally looked at the Kings, uh, took the Kings to win, but I have loved that series a lot. I I think it's been great. Um, The Toronto-Tampa series is also an absolute, an unbelievable series. That game, that series... So far, like I don't know. So far, if you're a if you're a Tampa Bay Lightning fan, like you can be upset about Game One for sure. It was a rough game. Like their power play may as well have been a penalty kill all night. Game Two was much more evenly matched, and you cannot be upset if you're a Toronto Maple Leafs fan. Like the only thing you can be upset about is the discipline stuff, and like that's any team is going to deal with that, right? Like any team is going to have to deal with that. I'm glad that the referees are, at least in that series from what I've seen, being a little bit more stringent and and calling things that do seem to be penalties. But I think that's been, in terms of two high-quality teams playing each other, probably the best one I've seen a lot of. Um, You know, I I, I thought that, but I I really do think that that the Oilers and Kings are having a great series so far. Um, Rangers-Penguins is also pretty good from what I saw as well. 
Igor Shostyorkin, though, it's going to be it's going to be the Shostyorkin show, I think, at this point. Um, but I would not also count out the Pittsburgh Penguins whatsoever. Uh, Carolina, Boston, haven't seen a ton of. I mean, I picked Boston to go to the Stanley Cup, but so far not such a great start on that. Um, Carolina just seems to be overwhelming them, which is unfortunate because I thought that this would be Boston sort of like a hurrah, but sometimes talent wins and Carolina seems to be holding their own and you never know what you're going to get with Pyotr Kachikov or a guy like that. So, so far it's been a, it's been a really, really good, uh, it's been a really, really good playoff so far that I've really enjoyed watching. Um, I should have some games going right now, but I don't, um, because I want my attention, uh, focused on you all wonderful people. Um, thoughts on Topi Roni. I have not seen him in a long time, but that's a good reminder for me to check him out. So I'm going to add him to my list of guys I have not seen enough of. Uh, Topi Roni. I mean, I, what I remember of Topi Roni, like I could see him being a good sort of third line center. I don't know, like he's kind of, he's got decent mobility. His, his puck control and skill is not, is not good enough to project him very much offensively. But the defense is there. He's physical. He can skate pretty well. Not super agile, but he gets around. I'll I'll, I'll circle back and check up on him though. Uh, will you live stream the lottery? Uh, that's a good question. I did last year. I usually do. Um, as long as I'm not playing sports that night, uh, I should be around. Let me check the date here. It is on May 10th. Uh, yeah, I will be, I will, I will do that. I can't stream next Thursday night, so that's a good excuse to stream Tuesday night. Um, thoughts on Chesley. Uh, I, I have been hearing people say that they're being told that he might be like a top 10 pick, like top 15. And if that's what they're, if that's what's happening, like, God bless you. I don't see that at all. I, I see maybe a third pairing, maybe okay second pairing defensive guy, maybe. And and that like maybe mid-second round, I think. I, I don't see him the way that a lot of people do. Like I've got him behind Tyler Duke. I feel like if Tyler Duke were six feet tall, he'd be ranked in a similar vein as, as Chesley, if not higher. Um, But he's not. I, I think Chesley have has flashes of something there where he's you know he can be pretty physical, but he he's he's physical but not very effective. Like he relinquishes a lot of defensive transitions. I think he has the worst shot attempt differential of any NTDP player I've tracked this year when he's on the ice. Um, has trouble moving pucks consistently. He's got some skill. He's an okay skater, but I haven't seen enough on a consistent basis where I'm going. This guy is a surefire top twenty pick, like I'm seeing in a few places now. Um, on average on my list, he's at 34, but just from what I've heard, like some NHL teams just love the guy. So I don't know. I don't see it that much, but I mean, he's a, to me, he's a top, he's at the tail end of my top 50. I just think that there's, you know, you might salvage some kind of defensive NHL player there with a bit of skill to, to play around with, uh, early thoughts on Marcus Newen. Why does Joel only love Portland Winterhawks? I don't know. Uh, Joel Henderson just seems to have a thing for Portland. I don't know. I've never been there. Can't tell you. Uh, can't tell you what it's like there. All I know is what I know from Portlandia, which is very limited. Um, but Marcus Newen, I mean, he's good. Like I think he deserves a shot. Like way too many players that I think are worse than Newen were ranked on the central scouting list. Uh, he should have been on there at least. Um, but I mean, like he's he's got. 
he's got good edges. He can he can evade pressure pretty well. He's quick on his turns. He's got skill. There's there's definitely skill there. Um, he was good in the game I did, so I'm gonna do more. I'll I'll know more later. But but they were promising. Like I put him on my list. He's gonna stay there. Um, and yeah, he put up good numbers in in a relatively small sample. So yeah, I'll I'll keep I'll keep going on him, and uh, he might be higher on my list by the end of the year. What could one expect from Mikhail Pitya and Kirill Marchenko as a Jackets fan? I really have big expectations for Marchenko. I love him a lot. I think he's a really, really good all-around sort of skill, strength, power, offensive player. Um, Pitya, I mean, he's one of these guys that Columbus has drafted in the past that's like kind of more likely to be a shooter first. Like, he's scored a lot of goals in the Liga this year, and... He's basically a trigger man, which is cool, and that's fine. And where you drafted him, like, yeah, of course, makes sense. I mean, I don't expect him to be an NHL player next year. But, you know, Columbus drafted Igor Chinikov, and he's a shooter predominantly. Mikhail Pitya is also the same thing. Uh, I've seen him – at least that's the trait that I like the most about him, which is shooting the puck. Like, that's kind of what he does best. And the problem with him in his draft year, and a lot of people weren't really ranking him, was he was more of a volume shooter – like, it was kind of like Victor Nuchev, but if Victor Nuchev could really shoot the puck. Um, so, Pitya, I mean, it was a pleasant surprise to see him drafted, but I didn't think there was much of an NHL upside there unless he really, really worked on his ability to generate speed and the skill that he had and his ability to sort of play around with defenders. Because as he is right now, like, if he's not set up on the, on a, on the half ball or something, from what I've seen, he's not as effective, but he can really, really shoot the puck. So... That's what I would expect. And March but Marchenko, I think there's high hopes. I, I don't know. I don't see why he couldn't be in the NHL next season. He's a he's a really skilled physical guy. Uh well not physical in terms of hitting, but just big and strong and skilled. Um really I really like Kirill Marchenko a lot, and I feel like he could translate to the NHL pretty well. Thoughts on Halifax getting a World Juniors tournament? Well, I mean Halifax is arguably pound for pound, one of the best cities in Canada. So I'm all about it, and I might have to make a trip out to, to Halifax. Um, I might have to make a trip out to Halifax. I've got some family friends out there. So, might have to do that. So, let you know. What has been your favorite player to report to film, and has it been released? Oh, good question. Marco Rossi, probably, is the one that I enjoyed the most. Start to I had 120 clips over seven games of Marco Rossi to put in a video. Uh, and I had to pick a certain number of... The, it was... It was agonizing to 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 do but marco rossi is probably the my favorite for sure nobody nobody this year is as, as close um at least not consistently and i can't recall anyone last year maybe matthew beniers maybe but but marco rossi for sure uh adil hello thoughts on klimovich being being scratched for jet woo at forward i did not know that was a thing um, I don't know. I mean, I can't say. I haven't seen a ton of Klimovich this year, only briefly at the beginning of the year because I couldn't believe that he went straight to the AHL. There were people talking about him going to the NHL. I just couldn't believe it. Um, I don't know. I feel like going from where he was last year to where he is this year is just too much too fast. Maybe it screwed him up. I don't think so. I don't really judge that a year out or a year post-draft, but... It really felt like Vancouver was really high on him for I couldn't figure out why. Um so to be scratched for Jet Wu at forward is a bit troubling considering that guy plays defense. But I like Jet Wu, so there's that. <laughs> that if that helps. 
Uh, what do you think of Carson Lambos? I like him a lot. I, I, I think I, when I've seen Winnipeg play this year, he's played well. Um, you know, there's the skill that I like, the 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 mobility. There's a lot that I like with 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 him. Smart, capable defender, not perfect, not the quickest guy or the most skilled guy, but he gets the job done. And I I like Lambos. I mean, I could see him. He was a late first round, right? I think like twenty second or something, and. You know, if that turns into a second pair guy, which I think is his ceiling, like peak peak ceiling, sure, then that's that's obviously a great pick. But I'm not. I I I think maybe he's just more of a role player, third pair, maybe a number four guy. You know, don't really see him as a power play guy. Maybe a penalty killer here and there, but I don't know. But a good five on five puck transporter. You know, two hundred foot defenseman. Um, based on what I've seen, but yeah, I mean. I don't think he's sort of rocket shipped back to where he was. Um, I I wasn't I was kind of I wasn't really surprised to see him sort of rocket ship back up to where he was before last year's draft, where it's like, oh, this guy really should have gone top ten or whatever. It's like, no, like he's producing like a first round pick. He's playing well. His team is really really good, but he's a he's a part of why his team is so good. Um, so he's he's been fine. Um, is the Devils pick at five to seven? better being used to pick or trade it well i can't tell you about trading it because i don't know who you're trading it for i mean i would use that pick and think about trading down like buffalo has two top 15 picks i think and if you could maybe get them for maybe a top pick if buffalo really likes someone at the top end and maybe you could get two really good options later on that just slip that could be fun um so yeah i'd probably i'd probably think about trading it uh depending on who what's available because I feel like the guy you're getting at 5 through 7 relative to 9 through 12 might not be that big of a difference. Between Chesley, Pickering, and Matejchuk, who do you who do you think goes with the highest pick and who do you think becomes the high, the best defenseman, not just highest potential? I think Chesley's going first of those three just based on what I've heard. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if it was Pickering. I would be surprised if it was Matejchuk. Um, who do I think becomes the best defenseman? I think, I th- I think Pickering. I, th- I think Pickering is the guy who, once he puts it all together, really could become something really interesting. He's really raw. There's a long way to go, I think. Um, but boy, there's a lot of good tools to work with that you could that you could develop. <clears throat> Crosby taking 48 faceoffs in the first game of the playoffs and winning 56% of them is ridiculous. Well, that's why he's Sidney Crosby and all of us are not. Uh, why is Geeky so high on Central Scouting's list? Well, I think I I think I can answer this question for you. So, number one, he is a center that is big. Uh, that helps. Um, number two, he is a guy who I think he's not he's not super skilled, but he has this way of getting pucks around the ice under pressure, which I say it all the time is something really important to look for in young players. Like how do they deal with pressure? Like Connor Geeky's ability to get his stick on the puck under crazy busy scrums, calm the play down, get settled with the puck on his stick and get a, get an outlet option going or to be below the goal line in the offensive zone and grinding out play or waiting for puck support. He just knows when to strike and put the puck out in front of the net. Like he puts up decent production data for me in my games. I've tracked of his, uh, let me just pull them up. Um, like he's, ah, geek, you know, like he, he's been good. Uh, the, the data for him is good. 
The, the thing with him that I have questions about is, well, what about in the NHL? Will he get as many opportunities to produce offensively as he does in the, in the WHL when he's bigger than everybody and, and everything? And, and I mean, I think he's worth picking in the first round, and I feel like he'll be a good third-line center for some team. But I think NHL teams are looking at him and, and seeing the legitimate, the good data that he's putting up and thinking, well, what if he learns how to skate better? What if he gets more skilled? What if, you know, I think there's a lot of room for Connor Geeky to maybe grow into a really awesome, you know, 200 foot, you know, 200 foot center with some offense to go with it. Um, and, and lots of guys like that have kind of slipped out of the first round often in the past. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I have questions about him, but he just seems to be one of these guys who has a natural sense for the game. And I feel like scouts love that. Plus it just feels right, right? Like big center playing in Winnipeg and the CHL, good old boy. He's got bloodlines in the NHL. Uh, you know, he, 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 he's had some highlights here and there. People are going to, it's going to be hard to knock people off that pedestal to think that there's something really impressive there, which I mean, he's a good player for sure. Uh, he's a good player for sure, but, but, uh, not necessarily, I think quite as, as hot as the CSS has him personally. Why the jump for Nemich? Uh, well, I mean, honestly, based on his improvement over the course of the year, like the last game I did was the sixth one in my data set. So he's coming up on being done. And I think he's improved a lot over since the new year. Um, there's, there's still questions I think about just how well he projects to the NHL. I still think his defensive game is, is a work in progress. It's not particularly great. You know, he has trouble keeping up with pace and defensive rushes and tracking guys laterally and, and closing gaps and everything. But, but as a puck mover, like a puck, puck skating, a, a, a carry first defenseman, there's a lot to like there. I, I, I wouldn't, his, his ability to pass pucks up the ice is objectively just problematic um, he, he doesn't, he doesn't really read the ice particularly well to move the puck, but in terms of skating with it, he's one of the most successful defensemen carrying pucks up the ice. It's pretty incredible actually. And the question I have for him is, well, what about, you know, his skill is good, but not great. So what happens in the NHL when it's good, but not great. But honestly, it's sort of in the situation where, well, I think at the bare minimum, you're getting like a, a second pair offensive quarterback who can transport pucks maybe plays on your second power play unit maybe even your first um you know he sh he was showing also a little bit more creativity in the offensive end in the game that I watched where he was sort of juking defenders off at the blue line and and passing pucks through the slot a few times in that game more often than he did before um and and in games before I would see him sort of take a step laterally and just lob it on net and just not you know maybe he'd get a point from a tip in front or a rebound um, but he seems to be driving a lot more projectable offense. Uh, and I think that once you solve the skill and get his mobility up a little bit defensively, then you could have a good defenseman there. So he's moved up on my list. I know in the Philip Mashar video, I said I had him higher than Nemich, but I do have Nemich a little higher now. Um, but they're in the same tier. I, I think that they can play one-on-one -on -one against each other and, and do pretty well against each other. Um, you know, two sides of a similar coin, but I think Nemich just took a, has, has gotten a little bit more, a little less concerning in my book uh, after watching him this last week. What would you say is the biggest driver to Jordan Dumais' production this season? Uh, the QMJHL is bad. The QMJHL's goaltending is worse. Uh, his line mates are Elliot Denoyer 
and Zach LaRue, who are great QMJHL players. Um, and Jordan Dumais is a perfectly fine player on that line as well. To me, it's like he's the Michael Bunting of that three. Like, yes, he has the most points on his team, I believe. But I look at Dumais and see a guy who just has enough to make it work with really, really, really good line mates. Mid-round pick, sure, I could see it. But whenever I've watched Jordan Dumais, I kind of sit there going, better opponents or better competition will eat this guy alive in terms of scoring points. He's got some good tools that you can play with. Points come from somewhere. Um, but I, I, I have questions. A penny for your thoughts on Jake Richards' late season improvements if you ever get the chance. I will put him on the list, actually. He's open on my tab of, uh, of guys on, on Instat to watch. So, uh, Jake Richard. Jake Richard. I did remember watching him early in the year and, and liking what I, what I saw. Um, but I'll circle back and do it. Uh, do him again. How likely do you think these are? Lambert in the second round is one. Glebb in the third plus round. Lane Hudson fifth round. Um, thank you for the kind words also, Joel. Thank you very much. Uh, so how likely do I think they are? So Lambert in the second round, I don't think will happen. Um, I get the feeling some NHL team, like a contending team that thinks they could fix him. Like, I don't know. Toronto took Timothy Liljegren when he fell in the draft, and I could easily see the Toronto Maple Leafs seeing Brad Lambert and going, yeah, we could do this, and and it, it could be the most insane draft pick in the draft. Uh, Gleb in the third round. Honestly, I feel more and more like that is less likely because we're seeing a lot of Russians leaving earlier than we thought. Alexander Poshin, Yaroslav Askarov. I believe Kirill Marchenko was reported to be coming over anyway, um, but it feels like a couple of Russians have been coming over early, or at least earlier than we thought. And so, and Gleb Trikhozov's agent is Dan Milstein with Gold Star Hockey, and I get the feeling that if Dan Milstein, you know, believes what he says or how he behaves online, he's probably telling Gleb and a lot of other Russian clients, like, you probably want to think about getting out of Russia, like, relatively quickly because your money will be worth nothing at some point and it's going to be bad. Um, and I, and I get the feeling that if you're a young hockey player, like especially like Gleb plays in Omsk, like what's going to happen to Omsk when sanctions really start hitting Russia, like Moscow, St. Petersburg, where all of the elites live and everything maybe might not end up so bad, maybe, but boy, a place like Omsk, uh, in Siberia, like who knows what's going to happen there. Um, so I get the feeling that some NHL team will have a plan in place with Gleb if they like him and they'll go from there. So I don't think he'll fall all the way to the third round. Lane Hudson in the fifth round. Um, I don't think fifth is particularly likely, but like third or fourth, I could easily see that happening. Like I have three picks for my list in this year's draft, a first, a third, and a seventh. If Lane Hudson's there in the third round, at the end of the third round, like that's a pretty, that, I'd, I'd be more than happy taking the chance on him there. Um, and, and I feel like it'll be a similar thing to like Sean Barron's who kind of went in the second round. Some people had him in the first, most in the early second, and he did kind of slip a little bit. Um, so I don't, I, I don't think any of those are particularly likely, like that extreme, but I guess the likeliest would be Gleb. Then Lane, and then I, I do think Brad Lambert's going in the first round. I, I, I would be, very surprised uh, to see him slip out of the first round based on how many people, um, based on how many people are are 
not that cold on him, you know, like second round. Like even the even the most skeptical of Finns, and trust me, they are skeptical, uh, and they are they they have a lot of self hatred. Those Finns, um, even they're saying like maybe twenties would be like that's when it's good value. Uh, so yeah. Thoughts on Zach Benson? I love Zach Benson. I honestly I think Zach Benson has a lot to do with the actual offense Connor Geeky's putting out. Um, I mean, Geeky is driving a lot of it, but in terms of volume in transition and actually pushing pace of play and everything, I get the feeling that, 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 uh, that a lot of that comes from Zach Benson. I really like him. He's a guy who I think easily could be at the top end of next year's draft for sure. Um, big, big fan of him. He's not the biggest guy, not the quickest guy on his feet, but really skilled and reads play really well, gets around defenders creatively. There's a lot to like about Benson that, that I, that I've really come away really liking oh can't have that can't have my green screen showing the green that's illegal Krasnia Armia is loaded with defense prospects how do you view Gurdin and Duda and Barabosha well the only one I care about is Gurdin honestly I've done a few games of Duda Archam Duda is the type of defenseman that Hockey Canada or Canadian hockey men would love but also have extra love for because he plays Canadian-style hockey in Russia. And that's just not my brand. Like, his brand of defense is boring, basic. He plays a lot on the power play and scores a lot on the power play. I, I don't know. And Barabosha has never stood out to me in games I've seen uh, in the MHL. Uh, the, only, the only one who's really blown me away out of the group you just mentioned is Grudinin, uh, to be honest. I mean, maybe I, I got to look back at Barabosha, I think. I haven't seen him in a little while, but not particularly interested in Duda, to be honest. Who will be the second OHL player to go in the draft? Very good question. Uh, but I think it'll be Mintyukov, because otherwise the other OHL guys on my list are Ludwinski, Nelson, Goyette, Delbel Belouz, and Beck, and Christian Kairou. So, I mean, I would be kind of stunned if any of those guys went ahead of Mintyukov. Maybe, maybe someone like Del Bell Belouz goes that high. I doubt it, though. I get the feeling Mintyukov is going well before the rest of the OHL class. Uh, what would your draft strategy be? What rounds do you draft for upside in, and what rounds do you just go for safe bets? Well... So, I don't know. My draft strategy is let everyone else do what they want to do. Because a lot of the time, someone that you really like is going to be available. So, for example, uh, for, let's say, 2021's team scouting. So, for 2021's team scouting, like, I had 153 and 185. Like, I don't know. I took Yuri Tiachek. He's still good. Like, I, I, the game I did of him this week was great. Uh, I thought he looked great. Lucas Gustafson, those guys are swings anyway, late in the draft. Like, if you find anyone in the last 60 picks of the draft, I, I don't know. We can look at the 2021 draft. Um, and if there's anyone who, like, has taken a giant galactic leap after what was it 150 something 153 yeah so at 153 who went after so ty voigt has had a great year but i personally really like yuri tiachek um hmm, who else 
like Liam Gill Martin has not had a very good year. Bryce Montgomery has not had a very good year. Hugo Gabrielson maybe is a guy I would have looked at, but he, I still like Tiachek more based on what I've seen of him this year. Um, and there, yeah, like I'm looking through this and there, I mean, Nikita Novikov maybe has had a good year relative to expectations. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, Sam Lipkin has had a great year and I, I like him a lot. Um, and I had two pick, two tick, two kick, two kicks to get him. But, you know, I still like Lucas Gustafson more than I liked Sam Lipkin last year, but Lipkin is also pretty solid. Um, so there's no one that I wish I could go back and be like, man, if only I had done this differently, my strategy would be different. And Simon Robertson, I thought, has had a quietly good year. He hasn't scored a ton of points, but for a guy playing in the Liga and not, or in the SHL and not playing a ton of minutes, I thought he's played pretty well, all things considered. Um, and I think all of his points are even strength, and they're all... Like, his team has not scored a goal at even strength with him on the ice that he did not have po- have a point on, I believe. Um, so, I, I don't know. My strategy is, one, it would be trade down a lot, <laughs> as much as you can. And two, it would be draft the best players you can. Like, don't care about position. Um, to me, safety is not guaranteed in the NHL draft, I don't think. Uh, at least it's not particularly valuable. I guess that's a better way of putting it. Like safety's not guaranteed, but it's also not very valuable. Um, you know, just because you end up with, I mean, it depends on the situation, right? Like some guys like Logan Stankoven last year at 50, whatever it was, or 40, whatever you're sitting there going like, I don't care how safe everyone else is. I'm taking Stankoven. Like, I don't care how safe everyone else is, but other people might disagree. So it's kind of hard to tell you when it like changes but for me, it was like, okay, in the mid to late rounds, there's always guys that I just really like. The guys that I really like that are usually available in that range just have the biases against them. Last year, Lucas Gustafson didn't have a huge sample, um, didn't get to play a ton of prep hockey. Um, this year, he hasn't scored a ton of points, but I don't really care that much because I think that all things considered, he's looked pretty darn good. Um and there's a lot to work with there to build on. Um, and Tia check is just a guy who leans a little more defensively right now, who can still shoot the puck really well, but more often than not, he leans a little more defensively and he's five, nine. And so that spooks people away. Um, but not me. Uh, so in that case, like there's my strategy, like these guys were ranked in my top 50, I think, or top 60, May as well draft them, and when I look at who didn't, who went, who went instead, like Ty Void is maybe the only example that I could look at and go, that's a guy maybe I should have thought a little bit more about. But like that also was a wild card, like the the OHL guys last year who hadn't played a game. I don't know what I was looking at. Francesco Arcuri maybe was another one that maybe would have gotten some attention because I had seen him and did like him, but I still liked guys like Tiachek and and Gustafson more. Um. Do any of the QMJHL defenders outside of Luneau stand out to you? Like Nick Svenenko, Isaac Maynard, Jake Furlong? No, not really. Luneau barely even stands out to me. I don't know. Luneau is another one of those guys where he'll play in the NHL, eat minutes, be probably okay, but there's a there, there's not a ton of upside there, I don't think. Um, he's he's an acceptable player. Maybe as a second-round pick, I would I would think about it, but... Yeah. 
Did you think Misa deserved exceptional status? Lots of people that followed that closely said otherwise. Well, I, I mean, I don't know. I don't, I only saw little bits of, of the OHL draft guys this year. I thought Misa, I thought, I thought he was good. Like I thought he was really good. I don't know. I, he, he's not the, he's not Connor McDavid, I guess is what I'm saying. Like he's not that level of hockey player. Um, and I think he might have a little bit of a tough time getting going in the OHL just because he is pretty slight, pretty small. He's only 15. Like it's, he's got a long way to go to develop. And I also think that, I mean, if I'm looking, if based on what I saw of the OHL draft guys, like just because you didn't get him, I feel like there's lots of other options that, that are really, really good. Like I love Porter, Porter Martone, Sarnia got him, uh, you know, even Malcolm Spence, like he's good, but I, I mean, I liked William Villeneuve a, a heck of a lot. Um, so yeah, I mean, there's a few guys that went high in that draft that I think carry similar levels of value guys like Martone. And I think Spence are both 2025 eligibles as well. They're both eligible for the same draft as Misa. Um, and, and so I think, I think that's a more level playing field. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah. Oh, my, uh, I played ball hockey. I'm in a ball hockey team this year. I played for the second game. I played my second game on Tuesday and I'm a little sore and my, uh, I got a, like, it's like, it feels like a cramp under my ribs. So I'm going to try to wrestle that out while I read this next question. Um, ah, Ray bro. Welcome. I really don't have a question to ask you, but I want to hear it from you. Put me on a guy. Um, put you on a guy. Hmm. Put you on a guy. It's a good, it's a good question. Let's go, let's go to the list. Let's go to the list here. Um, go check out Oscar Ponzari. He's fun to watch and not much tape is out there. So it won't take you very long, but go check him out. He's fun. If you were, uh, if you were a team, would you rather have the coolest jerseys in the league or the coolest stadium? Ooh. Probably rink. Like I've I've been I've seen a lot I have a lot of jerseys in a, in a in a box upstairs. I've been to a lot of rinks. Jerseys are really cool, but a good rink is like awesome. Like I went to a really cool rink in Bern, Switzerland, where their team plays, and it was really cool. Like I think there's like a wooden ceiling on the at the top. Um, a really cool barn would always be be preferable i think personally but i do love a good jersey good question though can i have both yeah whatever i take the stadium uh when i think of the karamaki i think to myself that in a draft like this he feels like a top 10 pick however i understand that in other really good drafts he wouldn't be an actual top 10 pick yeah i could see that i'm a little lower on the karamaki i mean he had a really good under 18 for sure um i i, I think he still has a little issues like driving play consistently but as a, as a trigger man and as a finisher, like he's probably one of the best in the draft. I don't think there's much discussion about that. Um, he's been great down the stretch, tons of scoring for his junior team. Um, but I just, I wonder about what an overall impact he's going to bring on the game. But if you're a team that has a lot of auxiliary guys that can transport pucks, and if you're a team that has a lot of guys that can play physical and a lot of guys who can, you know, do a lot of the basics that, that he maybe doesn't do a whole lot of, and, and he can focus a lot more on scoring, 
then I think you might have something interesting there. And how much does that, how much value does that have? It depends on who you ask, but he's in a pretty big tier for me now that stretches well into the top 10. Um, so we'll see what happens. Um, would you say Adam Sikora is almost a lock to become a bottom six forward in the NHL? The four, uh, four checking pace of play, penalty killing and touch of hostility on it makes me believe so. Absolutely. Um, I'm, I, I think Adam Sikora is an easy bet to see as a, as a bottom six guy, similar to a guy like Jimmy Snuggerud, um, in a way, I mean, I could see Jimmy Snuggerud maybe not being a bottom six defensive guy, but like a third line physical offensive guy kind of thing. Um, Luca Del Belbalu's in that range as well. But but Adam Sikora, I think right now, like as of as of the age he is right now, which is also very young, uh, he is one of the better defensive forwards that I've seen this year, and he's playing against men, which is pretty incredible. Thoughts on the U18s gold medal game? What do you think went wrong for Team USA? Uh Hugo Havlid was great, um, and I I I have to look at the game sheet of that game because it has been a little while since I saw. It has been a little while since that game happened. Um, under 18s, and it was the world championship. Because for some reason, why do I feel like there were a lot of penalties? Um, nah, whatever. Um, but yeah, I mean, look, I, I think Hugo Hovlid kind of stood on his head. Um, equal, equal, equal strength, equal strength, power play, power play. Okay. So even strength, even strength, even strength, a lot of even strength. And then second period, there was a few power play goals. I mean like that, that, so the first period ended two, two, um, second period. Yeah. Like you, you second period, there's a couple of penalties. And that power play for Sam, for Sweden was just unbelievable. Um, and that kind of, you know, when it gets to 4-2 halfway through the game, that's that's tricky. Um, so, yeah, I mean, but that 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 top unit of... The thing that I, th I, th I think really mattered was that top unit of Sweden looked like they've played together since they were like 10 years old, because they have. Um, they were, they were just on and on this. They were the, they were the group of players that were on the same level as the U S team because they played together all year. These Swedish kids that drove the bus played together all season long and really drove the bus for them. Um, and Trey Augustine was, was, I don't know, you let in six goals. It's tough. That's a tough, that's tough. Um, but I, I think that, I, I think that from what I saw of the game, Hugo Hovland was a huge difference maker for sure as well. So it's a combination of all of those things, right? Like you could not count like us Sweden was my gold gold medal pick before the tournament because of this top unit that Sweden had. And the fact that the rest of the tournament didn't have that kind of high end star power that Sweden and especially the States has. So yeah. Um, but, but I would say it's a combination of those quick power plays in the second period that, that you, you, you know, you don't want to be putting those guys out on the power play, those Swedish kids out on the power play that often. Um, and, and Hugo Hovland just standing on his head. Um, how many were, yeah, the shots were 51, 15, like, yeah, unreal. Um, button was gushing over Pickering in the under 18s. Were you watching the same game or do you have a different take? I didn't. I don't know. I mean, Craig Button sometimes finds his guy. 
I don't, I, I thought Pickering was okay in that tournament, but I don't think anyone on Team Canada except for Bedard and Fantilli were, and Reed Dick, I guess, were any needle movers at all in that tournament. Like, Pickering has all the skill in the world, but just struggles to piece it all together. You're drafting him to see what he becomes. And I know he was talking about all the decisions he's making and blah, 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 blah. I don't know. I thought I thought the decisions he was making were generally pretty mundane and like pretty basic, but to each their own, I suppose. I I don't know. But he's a good he's a good prospect, a good player, and we'll see where it goes. Uh, Nathan, favorite Canes prospect, Dominic Fensori, baby. Let's go. Dominic Fensori is one of my boys. Uh, we go way back. Uh, tons of fun. Love love that kid. Uh, Jasmeet, I did not get a chance to look at Nick Spinenko yet. Uh, what are my thoughts on William Prues and Jace Weir? So I've seen William Prues and Jace Weir play. Uh, I've done a couple of games on Jace Weir, I believe. Uh, at least one, and I didn't see much, to be honest. Um, started the season pretty hot as well and just didn't didn't see a whole lot. Like, again, part of the soup. He's If, a team, if an NHL team likes him, I'm not surprised. Uh, you know, but... If, if if an NHL team likes him, I'm not surprised. But if if uh, if uh, you know if it were my way, it's just he's not really my brand because he's not really moving the needle a whole lot. And maybe there's something I'm missing. But William Prues, uh, I need to refresh my memory. I know the name. I've seen him play before. I think he's yeah. So he's with Alamtuna. Uh, I see this guy when I watch Oscar Asplin sometimes. I haven't really seen much where I'm going, this guy is a high, high-end guy. The second division in Sweden, junior hockey, is not good at all. Um, and so when I see William Prus, I watch him in the Allsvenskan. He's big, he can protect a puck okay, but I just don't see enough that really, you know, pushes me to believe that that, that there's a ton of value there. Like, I feel like if Central Scouting saw a guy playing against men at six foot three, 190 pounds and saw an NHL prospect, they would have ranked him. Um, but they, the crazier things have happened. I just haven't seen a ton of real play driving at a pace that I think translates to the NHL. He's big, hard to get on top of, but that means one thing in the Allsvenskan and a very different thing even at the SHL level. So we'll see where it goes. Um, maybe he gets a draft pick because of the size and because of the results, uh, but, but he's not on my list. Uh, Carolina versus Boston is a bloodbath. From what I've seen, that is true. I haven't seen a ton, but that is true. Uh, do you believe in Shane Wright at one? If you don't, you don't speak that highly of him, yet you have him there. So I do have Shane Wright at one because I think that there's, he is one of the most projectable and smart offensive hockey players in the draft. Like that's, that's for sure true. Logan Cooley is more skilled and flashy and creative than Shane Wright. But Shane Wright is a PTFG guy. Like, he goes out there and plays the friggin' game. Like, he he, he understands where to be on the ice. His defensive game, I think, is a problem. Like, he's not, he's not the most engaged defensive center you've ever seen. He's not the quickest player. But he takes a read of the ice really quickly. Really knows how to transport the puck really well. Knows how to slip passes through guys really well. It, to, me, to me, the thing is, well, what about when Pace is ratcheted up? Like, he's the he's a guy who is extraordinarily talented with when it comes to playing hockey, if he's comfortable. Like, if he is playing at a pace and if things are working and happening around him where he knows how to adapt and figure it out, 
he's not much of a pace pusher. He's a very, very good pace adapter. Like, he just knows how to go to, to do what he does. Shane Wright, though, like, in the NHL, especially with the defensive issues, like, I don't really know what how effective offensively he will be. Like, I could easily see in a few years, like, yes, he's one of the smarter players in the draft, but other players might produce just as much as he does and maybe bring better analytical results at both ends. But he'll be a really good NHL player. So it's, I don't know, I think he's not, uh, he's not a, 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 he doesn't have hegemony over the first overall pick, I don't think, but he is part of the top group, no questions asked. Uh, any thoughts on Matt Maggio as an overage pick? I don't have any because I have never seen him play, so I'll uh, have to, I have to check out a lot of guys on that CSS list that I've never seen, so I'll, I'll check it out. Uh, can and will the Canucks select Lambert at 15? I think he might be there. Uh, will they? Probably not. I don't know. Based on what I know about Vancouver or whatever, probably not. Um, but who knows? It's a new era in Vancouver too. So other things might be completely different and things might be completely changed. Um, but I get the feeling that Lambert probably slips further than that. I don't know. Other than Gleb, who's the prospect you enjoy watching and tracking the most? Um, let's see. It's a good question. Um, Brad Lambert is always fun to watch for sure. Vladimir Gudinin was a lot of fun too. Um, Shane Wright, just because he's a good detail guy, like you just see how his brain works. Um, I'm trying to think of like who's fun because it makes me sort of hold on to my butt. Oh, Kenta Isogai is a lot of fun to watch as well. Who knows if he'll get drafted. Still not on the CSS list. They put guys on that list who like have half a point per game in the NCDC and they won't list, they won't, they won't look at my boy, Kenta. Um, who else? Vadim Fadakov was fun when I was tracking him because he's like five foot five and just all over the place all the time and it's hilarious. Um, had a lot of fun watching Yuri Tiachek this week too. Christian Cairo is also pretty fun to watch too. Like he's, he's a guy who he has real flaws, but boy, if he works, he could be a lot of fun. Uh, oop. how much, how much, what, how much stake, uh, stake, how much stake do you put in the CHL playoffs with the intensity and quality so much higher than the regular season? Does it more closely represent who the player could be at the professional level? Um, I like watching CHL playoff games for sure. I, it does it does change things um but not a ton for me like most of the time i kind of know what i'm getting when i look at a guy in the playoffs because the good players usually still stay good production is you got to be really careful though like production can go one way or the other on extreme swings all the time in the playoffs and that's not really what you're looking for is like who can who can score in junior playoffs like it doesn't it doesn't matter um, in terms of NHL projection. So I, I get wary about production, but when I'm watching guys, I'm going, okay, like, are you playing a similar brand? Are you more consistently playing your best version of your brand? A lot of, a lot of that stuff is what I'm thinking, but I honestly, like, I have such a backlog of games from prior months to watch that I don't really get to watch much of the CHL playoffs until June, maybe like not for a while when I'm doing these late, late games and catching up once the seasons are over. 
Uh, who are the more mobile big men of the class? Um, Maverick Lamaru is kind of mobile, I suppose. He's just not particularly great. Um, who are the mobile big men? Uh, Pickering is one of them. Uh, let's see. Big, let's call, let's call big 6-3 and up. We'll call it that. So, uh, yeah. Um, Juracek for sure. Gauthier, I guess, is up there. Sam Renzel. Owen Pickering. Uh, Leon Bixell's gotten a lot better in that area, I think. Um, Nathan Gaucher is mobile and big, for sure. That's about all he is. I don't think Danny Jilkin is actually 6'3". I might need to look that up. And I don't think Julian Lutz is also 6'3", but I'll also have to look that up. Um, Yanni Newman's not really mobile. Matias Sapovalov, not really mobile. Reed Schaefer, eh. Noah Warren is kind of mobile as well. Michael Fisher as well. I gotta fix some of these. But yeah, Maverick Lamaru. I'd say Juracek, Geeky, or Juracek, Renzel, Pickering, Bixell, Gaucher, and Nor uh, and uh, Lamaru, I think are all of those it's up that alley. Uh, would one of those teams be Ottawa taking Ryan Chesley top 10? I don't have specifics. Um, just kind of what I hear through the grapevine. Uh, what should be the expectations for Matthew Beniers next season? If he doesn't score 100 points and win the Hart Trophy, then he's dead to me. Um, but in all seriousness, I mean, I imagine he won't be their first-line center next season. They might add someone else. I don't know. Um, but, like, a good year is their second-line center, you know, 50-ish points. Like, just consistent drive play. His analytics haven't been very good this year, um, but, but it's also very early in his career. Um... So I'd say, like, just hang in the middle of the lineup. Just keep contributing and don't think too much about it. The team's not expected to be hugely improved next season either. So work hard and and and, and just be Matty Beneers on the ice every night. Thoughts on Casper being ranked higher than guys like Lambert, Lakaramaki, and Kulik on NHL Central Scouting's final list? Like we said before, if you're if you're big and NHL teams can see some kind of NHL player out of you, they're going to put you ahead of the riskier guys. You know, I look at I look at Marco Casper and I see a guy where you don't have to worry about him where he's in the offensive zone. He'll get to the net or he'll help support you along the boards. Defensively, he'll you know get greasy along the boards. He'll he'll help break pucks out along the boards. He'll get into the dirty areas for you. You know, he's he he's not dumb out there on the ice. He knows where to be. You know, he's got a bit of skill. You know, he's got a bit of pace to him. But the big thing is he's big, knows where to be gets in front of the net tipping threat all kinds of different threats offensively here and there um whereas other guys like you mentioned i think have risks that they come with uh to to nhl central scouting like lakaramaki he's a finisher like that's his thing maybe central scouting looks at that and goes well like i'd rather have the guy that could play third line center and like chip in at both ends and 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 just sort of play whatever and not have to worry about his game outside of just shooting the puck or just finishing i don't know it's a, I think it's a philosophy thing. Seamus Powell or Char Charlie Letty? Uh, I think you asked me this before, and I think my answer was neither, or at least I've been asked that question before, and I think my answer is neither. I don't really think there's much there with either of them, but I guess Charlie Letty. Uh, do you think there's a possibility that Uslan turns into this year's Stan Coven and falls a decent amount? Absolutely, there's a possibility of that, for sure. What is your take on Moritz Sider's brother, Cayman Sider? Uh, that's a disgusting joke. I can't believe I fell for that. Thoughts on Ozzy Weisblatt's season, and what about him has or has had or has you high on him? Um, 
thoughts on Ozzy Weisblatt's season? I, I mean, so his team took a step back. Um, his team took a step back for sure. Uh, I thought he played well this year. I was kind of surprised they didn't trade him, but such is life. Um, but I, I love the pace of his game. You know, he's a t- dual threat offensive guy, scorer, uh, playmaker, just didn't really have much of a team to play with this year. Uh, and they got rid of Caden Gooley and, and traded a few other guys that really helped them. Um, but I, 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 I don't know. I thought his, his season was good. It's his last year in the WHL. It seems like so all the best to him with the Barracuda, but I, I feel like a lot of people who might be writing him off are doing so very, very quickly at their own peril. But I thought he, I, every time I saw Prince Albert this year, his team wasn't very good, but he was always sort of a bright spot for them. And I know the reviews were positive from camp and stuff from San Jose this year, as far as I can tell. Uh, David DeGerdner, hello. Uh, what's your take on Simon Forsmark? Any recently drafted defenseman he reminds you of? Not really. I mean, Simon Forsmark is kind of in that Tristan Luno group where it's like, eh, I could see him being an NHL player, I suppose, but there's not much going on there. I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't see much where it's like great, but it's also not much where it's poor. And where do you value that in the draft? I, I don't know. Like he's capable, but other players I'm just more interested in. Um, and I don't remember who he reminds me of in other previous years, really. Uh, please talk about Elias Pettersson in the second. Yeah, uh, I watched him a bit in the under-18s, and I did a game of him not too long ago. Similar to Forsmark, just kind of a guy, like, responsible, solid skater, solid and interesting skill here and there, puts pucks on net pretty well. Not really blowing my mind. Um, who do you think goes higher next year based off this year, Jaeger or Benson? probably Jaeger, but it's close. Like, really close. Uh, Am I caught up on Sesame Street? No, unfortunately not. Uh, I've got years to catch up on that. I think the last episode of Sesame Street I watched, I might have been eight or nine, because my my family, we had, there was a small child in the house, like a small child, and I they told me to watch Sesame Street with him. So that would have been the last time I watched Sesame Street. But I'd love to get a plot summary, like a Coles notes on what's going on there. Uh, who's a player that you have ranked higher but might drop to the Canucks of 15 and be a good fit with their core? Uh, Brad Lambert, I think, would be an interesting fit with them. Um, Philip Meshar could be a good Canuck as well. Like, that would be an interesting pickup. Frank Nazer could be an un- another one that I think could be there. Probably not Seamus Casey because you kind of have your mobile defenseman kind of sorted out or at least a few good young ones on the way. Isaac Howard would be a lot of fun in Vancouver. Um, combination of those guys, potentially. How has Mason McTavish looked this year? He's a monster. Mason McTavish is a monster. Uh, he's been really, really good in the, in the OHL, and that was kind of expected. Um, you know, would I have drafted him third overall last year? Still, probably not, but not. he's, he's done really, really well this year. Uh, and I imagine he's in the NHL next season. Thoughts on Frank Nazer being outside the top 20 of NHL Central Scouting's North America rankings? Let me take a drink of water and I'll answer that question because I'm going to need it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to need it, he says. I have not had any substances or beverages tonight and I'm still slurring my words. Welcome to my world. Okay. So, Frank Nazer. I think it goes back to what we were talking about before where the NHL central scouting clearly values floor. Like who are the big physical guys that can play in the NHL and eat minutes and who's a coach going to play? 
Frank Nazar plays like that, but he's not 6'4". And I think NHL teams look at him being 5'10", 5'11", and going, who are the guys that are 5'10", 5'11", that play really well when guys are draped all over them and make plays like that? Not very many. Do I agree? Not really. I, I, I don't know. I think if you can play, you can play. And Frank Nazar seems to be able to play. Do I think he's a little overrated by some people? Yeah, I do. But I also think that as a top 15 pick, he belongs in that range. No question. Um, for sure. Just I think you're going to get a really good, resilient, hardworking, physical, but good finisher. And you and that has value. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I, I get the feeling they look at it and go, well, he might not be the player he is now in the NHL, and who knows what he'll be if he isn't that. And they drop him. And I can see that argument, but I disagree with it. So I, I hope that helps explain it. At least that's my hypothesis. Um, is Wright locked in at one for you? No. Uh, I mean, Logan Cooley was fantastic at the at the under-18s. Um, I, I mean, I still have Brad Lambert between the two of those guys. I've been watching Brad Lambert at the Four Nations, and he's been playing very well. Um, but I don't know. It'd be hard to knock Shane Wright off because while Cooley has more flash and skill to him, and I think might score more points. I feel like Shane Wright's procedural thinking and his ability to play with the puck, it just, it, it, it should at least make him a very useful NHL player. And the fact that he can shoot the way he shoots and the way he sees the offensive zone, I think it'll be good enough to be a well-rounded offensive player. And by offensive, I mean all over the ice, like getting pucks out of the defensive zone, pucks into the offensive zone, pucks around the offensive zone, through the neutral zone, like any offensive situation, I feel like he'll do well. Um, do you think Maverick Bork starts in the NHL next season with the Stars? No, I, I think the cue to the NHL is a pretty big jump, so I'd stick him in the in the AHL between uh, between then. Uh, Logan Morrison is looking good in the playoffs where he's going uh, going RD, right D, right defense. He's playing right defense. I don't know. Um, oh, where is he going? And the Bulldogs are up 3-0. So, I don't think Morrison gets drafted, but I certainly think he'll be in an NHL camp. I don't see any reason to believe that he won't be. I don't know. I, I, I always have looked at Logan Morrison as a player who he's a nice conduit. He'll get pucks and move pucks pretty well, but in terms of the pace of his game and his skating, I just don't see enough. Um, But, I mean, I would invite him to camp. He's played well enough to sort of earn that, but I don't know. Um... If you want to see some ridiculous stats, go look up NLL point, point, NLL point scoring leaders. Haven't yet. Uh, haven't done that. Not a huge NLL fan, but I did see the Toronto Rock win a championship uh, at the Air Canada Center once. That was fun. Um, the Sabres end, of the, end the season on a good note. If you were GM, what would you do in the offseason? Uh, well, I certainly wouldn't mess around too much with the mix that you've already got. Uh, Buffalo certainly did end the season on a really positive note. And I would be very wary of spending any more money on big money contracts that I didn't have to spend money on. You're, you're, you are, you are losing Will Butcher and Colin Miller and Mark Pissick. Um, maybe Pissick is a guy you keep for cheap just because it seems like they like him there. Hinnestroza is a guy I think I would keep. I've always liked him. You can let Cody Eakin walk. So maybe you can spend a little bit, uh, on a, on a free agent here and there. You gotta get a goalie. Like that's a hundred percent. You gotta get a goalie. So that's, that's like focus number one. You've got, you know, you've got two, you've got multiple first round picks. If there's a team out there with multiple goaltenders and they can't afford to keep all of them, 
Um, let's see. Like, are there any RFAs coming, for example? Uh, free agents. Let's go... Uh, Uh, let's show, show me all the goalies, man. There's too much going on here. Um, contract type. Nope. That's not what I want. Uh, expiry status. There we go. RFA position goalie. Are there any Alexander Georgiev, Ilya Samsonov, Daniel Tarasov, Alexei Melnichuk, Tyler Wall, Jake Ottinger is an, is an RFA. Caden Primo is an RFA. So there's not a whole lot where you can really go, I want to draft, I want to pick up this guy. I mean, Kapo Kakunen is not going anywhere. Um, yeah, so unless Washington wants to and needs to make a pick between Ilya Samsonov and Vitek Vanacek, I don't, I don't, I don't think those guys are going anywhere. Um, maybe you can get a guy out of Columbus, like they've got Elvis, um, but I doubt, like now that, I don't know. Now that they've tragically lost uh, the the other, oh my god! Now, of course, now I need his name, and I'm forgetting his name. Um, why is Kristers Gudlevskis coming to mind all the time? But I mean, you've got you've got Yuko Pekalukinen. I don't know. I oh, I look at the Buffalo Sabers and see a team where you don't want to really mess around too much. Um, you know, it, it, and I, I get the feeling that the free agent market you don't want to be spending giant contracts because you got a lot of young guys who at some point will need that that contract money if you're going to spend anywhere you spend in net you know you've got a decent defense group but that maybe could use an upgrade especially if a guy like miller and butcher are on their way out um maybe one of those guys will resign cheap like if 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 colin miller has worked maybe you could keep him cheap um i do think that a few guys on on buffalo are riding real heaters and we'll see how it holds up but you know i i don't know i i feel like if you're going to spend money, you do it in net and you maybe add a defenseman and you kind of let the forwards continue developing and getting better and playing as, as they are together. Um, with the Sharks having three goalies and Aiden Hill, Kapo Kakanen, and James Reimer, which one do you think is most likely to be traded and which one do you think is the best to trade? Well, you're not trading Kapo Kakanen. Um, that just isn't going to happen because you just got him. Um, let's see. So, yeah, you're not, you're not trading Kapokokkanen. I get the feeling that, you know, the, the, the logical answer is James Reimer, but James Reimer is also apparently beloved. Um, it, but I, I would listen, you know, so James Reimer has a modified no trade. So there's a five team, no trade list. So there's 26 teams he could go to. Um, and Aiden Hill is younger. I don't know if he's particularly been great this year. Excuse me. Uh, yeah, like he's been league average. And James Reimer, I believe, has been better. Yeah, moderately better. So I would listen on both and take the best deal, honestly. Because I get the feeling that Kapokakinen is the guy who they're going to keep in net. Um, you were great on Hockey Writers. Oh, thank you very much. It was a lot of fun being on that show. Uh, good, 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 group of, good group of folks. What's the Iser plan this season? The three Swedes are coming over. Yes, so Edmondson is coming over. I don't know about the rest. Um, I don't. I don't know about the rest of them. Uh, or oh, I, I. I don't know about Soderblom. Berggren might be coming up next year. 
let's see. They got Cross Hannis signed for next year. That's not a Swede. Simon Edmondson uh, is signed. Yeah, it doesn't look like they have have Soderblom yet, but I think that's in the in the cards. Um. Anyway, so uh, but any what was the question? What's the Iser plan this offseason? Oh, geez, I don't know. I, I, trying to figure out what Steve Eiserman is going to do is is hard. Um, I mean, I get the feeling that goaltending is another problem that they need to fix because Alex Nedeljkovic was terrible this year and Thomas Grice and Magnus Helberg are not good insurance options and you can do much better for almost $4 million than Thomas Grice, I think. And Detroit has a lot of pieces they could trade, like a lot of stuff they could move to get a goaltender they really want. Um... I, I get the feeling that on defense, they still need some de- some depth. Like Danny DeKaiser and Mark Stahl, Mark, they're both gone this year. So those guys' replacements are going to be important. Um, you know, you got to have guys to play with guys like Heronic and, 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 and Sider. So that would, again, defense and goaltending. Because I think that they've got the firepower, you know. Is Simon Edmondson going to play defense next year? Sure, but you don't want to put all your money in those in that basket. Um so yeah, I, I get the feeling that if if, if Detroit's going to spend assets and money, land a goalie and a defenseman or two, and that's like kind of the big checklist, and then just offensive depth. Like you've got some good offensive depth there, and you know Larkin, Verana, Bertuzzi. Uh, you know I I like Lucas Raymond obviously, Philip Zadina. Um, always like Sam Gagne. Still blows my mind that he's 32 years old. That's pretty wild. Um. But yeah, I mean, a little bit more depth up front for sure, like per dollar scoring depth and just a good couple of defensemen and a goalie. Like that's kind of where I, at least I would think about going. Can't tell you who, because I did not prepare for that question. Would you invite Fantilli to the World Juniors? Sure. He was really good. Uh, would you hypothetically trade your picks in order to select the Ugrin, Oslin, the Karamaki line so you could develop them into a line in the NHL? No, uh, I would not because... Every time that's happened in the NHL draft, like the Toronto Maple Leafs did that years ago with the Belleville Bulls. They drafted three guys that played on the same line, and it was a terrible idea. Uh, just because they play together in junior and play well together does not mean that it'll project to the NHL. Players could play similar brands but are better. Um, I I would just draft the ones I like the most. Uh, I, I would just draft the ones I like the most. And maybe you could still get all three. Maybe. But... I don't think that's a good way to do draft strategy. Uh, what did you think of Pelvin? How's his data look? He's a ma- I'm a massive fan. So Alexander Pelvin, yeah. So I was higher on him at the beginning of the year. Um, oh, I got to go to my defense thing. Um, so Pelvin is a is a good is a good defense first defenseman that's not super physical. Um, really good stick checker. Really involved defensively. Um, Really good passer too. Just knows how to find targets around the ice. Knows how to get pucks to the right targets all the time. Really, really impressive passer, I would say. Um, and and breaks up a lot of defensive transitions himself. Impressive skater, but like I don't know, with the with with what's going on in Russia, that makes it tough. And it, what also makes it tough is, uh, like, is he is he a third pair guy? Maybe sure. Like, he could be an NHL player, but there's a ways to go. He, he was significantly worse against men in the game I tracked and from the tape I saw. But there's potential. I mean, I think there's potential in his game. You let him go to Russia for, like, seven years or something. 
crazy like that and you might end up with something that 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 you like um i would like to see him more engaged offensively though i would like to see him moving his feet with the puck more and challenging guys more often than he did because a lot of times it was spin off pressure or 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 find you know skate into pressure directly and then just like have a plan going in and and get it to a different guy when you're under pressure which is fine but i want to see a little more diversity and maybe a little more oomph out of his game so to speak uh matatron hey will thought your uh, your thoughts on Lisel, upstapchuk and the giants upsetting everett i read it was the first time an eight seed beat the first in 20 years yeah that was a crazy series i only saw game four uh and i think i only saw the last half of that game i thought fabian Lisel played extremely well in that game that i watched i don't know about the rest of the series upstapchuk i mean matt you and i have talked about this uh a little a little bit we talked about it on your show i think about how upstapchuk just got off to a really really cold start sort of figured it out as the year went on and that there's potential for a player like this. Like he's a big skilled North South guy with good finishing ability. And it all seems to have come together. Um, it all seems to have come together in the NHL or in the, in the, in the playoffs this year. So all more power to him. I, I thought Lee Sell was spectacular in the game that I was watching. I still think that he is really, 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 really good. And, you know, maybe not perfect, but you definitely see a lot of, of, what makes him so dangerous all of the time when he steps on the ice. Does Lambert go to Saskatoon next year? I don't have any inside knowledge, but I hope it would be a lot of fun for sure. What do you think of Kirill Dolzhenkov? Big, has good hands, and a pretty decent shot. But I don't know what else I think about him. Every time I've seen him, I'm going, okay, he's slow, not the most agile guy, not the best defensive player, just a big dude. When he gets the puck, no one can touch him. And he's, you know, he's one of these guys where you pass him the puck, he's standing in the faceoff circle. Dudes are trying to get on top of him, but his hands are good enough where you can evade that pressure, turn, shoot the puck, and it goes in the net. Like, I don't know. I, I don't mind Dolzhenkov, but I think a team drafting him is going, okay, well, it's not what he is now. It's what he is in like five years. Kind of like Elmer Soderblom. And Soderblom tr- was immensely positive in his trajectory, but... His skill and everything that makes him good now is not stuff I see much out of in in Dolzhenkov. What do you think Noah Gregor's ceiling is? He really started to heat up when put on a line with Bortolo. I mean, I I don't know. Noah Gregor is going on 22 or 23 now. Like, he's pretty much, you know what you're getting with him. And I I love Noah Gregor. Like, he's a team scouting member. Um, So I have a vested interest in pumping his tires as much as I can. So I'll watch Noah Gregor as much as I can. uh, Or at least I'll support him as much as I can. I don't get to watch him that much. Um, but yeah, I mean, Bortolo will help make anyone else look better with the way that he can move pucks around the ice and pass pucks. Um, but Noah Gregor, I've always, I've always liked, I mean, I don't think he's a top six guy, but bottom six energy guy, physical guy with a bit of skill. Sure. I've seen that out of him. How much of an impact do you think not playing last year has affected the OHL players draft stock this year? It wouldn't surprise me to see a lot, a lot that it, that it, that it affected them a lot. It took a while for the league to sort of get up to speed even now it's still kind of meh. Um, but yeah, I think it did affect them. It's a long time to not be playing hockey, especially for someone that young when you're 16 and and the next time you play a competitive game, you might be turning 18 very soon. That's a, that's a lot. Like that's a big change and a big difference in your life. Like I can't even imagine that in my own life, uh, from what I remember being 16 or 15, whatever. Um, so yeah, it probably does affect them quite a bit. I don't know. Will it affect them long-term? I don't know. Um, but I, I will say a few of the guys have looked better and better as the year has gone on. 
Um, some have started, some I, th- I think started hot and kind of cooled down as everyone else kind of caught up. But yeah, um, I think it has affected them. What would you suggest is Oslin's potential? Top six winger, maybe even a center. I like him at center for sure. Uh, I like him in open ice. I like him playing around with the puck in open ice. Um, he's just a boomer bust guy. Like, I don't think he's going to play like bottom six minutes for most NHL teams, but I mean, I don't know. I've, I've been watching Toronto Tampa and like, look at Alex Kerfoot. He's their third line center, right? Really? I mean, he's playing first line wing. I think recently I could be wrong. I don't know. I, I could be wrong, but Kerfoot is a guy who the Leafs have played quite often at center is like their third line center behind Tavares and Matthews. And no one is complaining. People wanted Kerfoot traded. Like they, they wanted that to, to happen. And he's been in the playoffs this year. He's been great. Like every single time he steps on the ice, he's pulling pucks around and making the right play a lot and just transporting pucks really well and has a bit of offense there. And I see that at Oslin for sure. Um, so I see very sort of similar type players in that, in that, in that sort of vein. Um, so a one NHL team could not see that much risk with Oslin, but other teams might go, well, you know, if he's not a top player, then we're not really interested. And, uh, I don't know. That's, that's, that's their thought. But my thinking is, yeah, I could easily see him being in a middle six somewhere, um, driving play out the middle of the ice in open space. Uh, have you been following any of the CHL playoffs? Not as much as I should. I honestly just, there's a lot going on. Uh, I just don't have a lot of time to be as in the know, uh, as all of this. And plus I've got, you know, other stuff going on that needs, uh, attention as well. So I, I follow along a little bit with what's going on for sure. Um, but I, I haven't been watching as much of the CHL playoffs as I probably should. Stussel and Raymond both finished their seasons with 58 and 57 points respectively. How do you compare these players moving forward? I mean, I had more fun watching Stutzla, but I thought Raymond was more of a well-rounded player, I guess you could say. Like, Stutzla's just an electrifying player. I don't know why Ottawa keeps shoving him at center. Personally, I look at him, and I always thought of him as a really, really good winger, um, just like I did with Raymond. Um, How do I compare them moving forward? I mean, yeah, they're going to be inextricably linked together. I, I see Raymond as being more of a finisher, sort of trigger man, passing pucks up the ice, whereas Stutzla is more of just a puck-carrying, high-pace guy, which is good. You both They're both going to probably drive similar results. Um, I think Stutzla maybe has a little bit more of a ceiling, but Raymond just has a really well-rounded sort of game that I just have a ton of respect for. So I can't, I can't, I don't like picking sides on those two players, to be honest. Uh, do you ever go back to notoriously bad draft classes like 2012 to see where scouting went wrong? No, because I feel like a lot of the things that go wrong happen post-draft. And and you never really know with how a player is. Like, would Neil Yakupov have had, had would he have had a more successful career if he had gone to say Columbus, where Columbus might be a little more hands off, a little less pressure, a little less sort of thumb up their nose. Like all everyone says, oh Brian Burke says he was the worst draft interview that he ever had. And in my opinion, like I have. If that gives you cold feet, I totally understand. But at the same time, it's just an interview. Like, if what you care about is how a player plays on the ice, 
And, I mean, you should care about how the player presents themselves off the ice and how they treat people and how they are as a representative of your organization, just like any company should feel that way about their employees. Um, then, sure, that factors in. But that's something that you can deal with post-draft. But if you're sort of coming out of there going, oh, this really, really talented player didn't answer our questions the way that we wanted him to, then that doesn't seem like a huge problem. So, like, you can make the argument that maybe that goes a little differently in retrospect. Ryan Murray, tons of injuries, shoved into the NHL pretty much right away. Tons of injuries, as far as I can recall. Would things have gone differently if he was handled a little differently? Sure. It's it's just hard to look back at the scouting work and say if it was good or bad or not, considering how many variables are at play once a player is drafted. So I, I, I don't know. I will be fascinated for me, because I only really started seriously watching a lot of tape and tracking data in 2020 so in like 2025 i would say like three or four years from now i at least could go back and go okay here's where things you know were different from what i expected or here's how this works out in the nhl here's how it doesn't blah 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 from my own philosophy and it can be tweaked moving forward but that also could just be survivorship bias right like again lots of things change as time goes by marco rossi getting COVID and nearly dying Will it harm his career? I think it's too early to say. Is it a good is it a good thing? No, it's absolutely not a good thing. He probably would be in the NHL by now for a long time if he if COVID weren't a thing, from what I understand about how Minnesota thought about him. So and if his career is harmed, well, it looks like a bad draft pick in retrospect, but like how was Minnesota supposed to know that 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 that, that he was gonna be of all the prospects, he was gonna be the one that 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 gets really shellacked by this you know um so yeah i don't know it's tough to say i've heard this is a weak draft how do you think it compares to the drafts over the last decade well i can't really comment on the last decade i don't think there's a real one number one pick in this year's draft like franchise altering guy um i think there's a lot of really interesting we'll see players you know guys who i think have potential in certain areas of the game but flaws and other ones where development is really going to matter. I think I think there's a lot of question marks in this draft. I was actually doing this not too long ago. I was looking at my tracked data visualizer. So any any patron gets access to this uh actually. Um let me just sign into my account here. Uh so yeah, any any patron gets access to this and there will be a public version uh of this at some point in the near future. Um, but I was just looking at this sort of series of charts that I've built relative to the same series of charts last year. And there's just a much wider breadth of a lot of these, a lot of these categories. You know, there's a lot of guys who are much worse passers or much worse playmakers or much worse puck transporters than what I was typically spending a lot of time tracking last year. So I think there's just a wider breadth of results this season, whereas last year was more consistently solid, if not good. Um, so this year is just, there's a lot more question marks and a lot more guys where I can go, this might be a problem. Whereas last year, it wasn't so much that it was more like, meh, like these guys are fine. You know, there's nothing really wrong, but they're fine. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Went up too, went, jumped up too fast here. Thoughts on Leo Loof? I can't give you any directly because I haven't seen a ton of them this year, so I apologize. 
Would you rather have first overall this year or trade it for a likely top five pick in 2023? Uh, I don't like the idea of it just being a top five pick, but a top three pick, yeah, sure, I would, I would happily do that. Um, but I don't know. I, I, I don't like the idea of a likely top five pick either, because if you trade a first overall pick and it turns out to be like sixth next year, that's probably not great probably not great so i'd probably just keep the first overall pick but uh i would certainly open the phone and see what people would be willing to offer for that pick this year though for sure um next how could i how could you drop our precious boy lucas three spots yeah i'm sorry brian i had to uh just a couple of other guys that i i like a little bit more than him right now so that 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 list is so he moved down three spots and tia check moved up two spots so I moved him below Danny Zilkin, Isaiah George, and Julian Lutz. I don't know. I still really like Gustafson. He put up insane offensive numbers in the game I did, and I will do more before the draft. Uh, so he might move up again. But I felt that Gustafson, for a guy his age, like he's still learning when to make the right decision and and what to do to make it the right decision. And, you know, sometimes he's biting off a little more than he can chew and trying to get too fancy. Other times he's doing the opposite and being too simple and just firing pucks to nobody and just getting pucks away from him and blah, blah, blah. But when 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 he's in transition and has control of the puck and especially in the offensive zone, he's just unreal. He's just so much fun to watch. So I'll do more games and I'll, I'll, I'll see what happens with him. But uh, it's a close range. He's uh, almost, he's a year, he's a year older than a lot of these guys that he passed or that, that passed him. And I just, I don't know. A guy like Alexis Gendron, I really like the the sort of pace of his game and how much he scored this year, especially down the stretch of the season without much help. Um, so yeah. Um, is is Simon Nemich more offensive or defensive? Uh, he's more offensive for sure. Who's the low floor but super high ceiling in the draft? Probably Noah Osland. I'd say Noah Osland or Seamus Casey. Those two guys probably. Uh, favorite U17 USA player. Will Smith, I think, is the one uh, that I would say. Yeah, Will Smith. We'll go with Will Smith. Can Juracek and Nemec be elite defenders? Uh, by that, by what I mean by elite is probably will never win a Norris, but could be in the conversation. I think Juracek could be up there. Maybe Nemec in the end of the at the end of the day, like in a few years. But Juracek could be a guy that is skilled enough offensively, physical enough defensively. Uh, and and good enough defensively with enough development that he could that he could get up there and and do really well um, potentially. Do you think bigger players that go straight into the league like Kirby Doc are low floor or high floor low ceiling guys? I wonder if Slavkovsky is one of those players. So Kirby Doc did surprise me a little bit when he went straight into the NHL. I thought another year in junior wouldn't have hurt him, uh, and it seems like they might have rushed him a little bit, and he's kind of lacking a lot of confidence and. Suppose I, I don't remember who said this, but he's not particularly listening to his coaching staff that much, which seems problematic. Uh, but I wonder if Slavkovsky is one of those players. I, you know what? Honestly, I think Slavkovsky could be a player in the NHL. Maybe not a particularly massively good one, but he could play. Uh, you know, he's a good puck possession guy, really strong on the boards, really strong where NHL scouts are looking for. Um, strong at coming off the boards as well, which which I think is an interesting one. So I think that could be a good a good option for a, a a guy like Slavkovsky. I think I would rather have him back in Finland for at least another season. Um 
I, I think he could be back in in the in the league for at least another season just to let him sort of keep going and, and develop um because I don't think there's any need to rush uh are you not big on Matthias Hovland of course I am he's in my first round I'm higher than most on Matthias Hovland actually uh let's see Matthias Hovland uh, the only thing about Matthias Hovland, yeah so on average he's ranked 42nd I've got him at 29 the only thing about Matthias Hovland is that I wish he would think about passing the puck a little more in the offensive zone like he is very much a volume shooter he's just shoot 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 um and that that's okay he's got a good shot for sure but he did show a little bit more of it at the under 18s willing to use his crossovers backwards and forwards to get a, get into more complicated and, and more aggressive offensive positioning and trying to make plays and i want to see more of that for sure out of him but i'm a huge fan of, of matthias hoblet for sure uh can lucius become a better goal scorer than cylinder i don't i don't think so i don't know there's a bit of a race there to go but i i don't think so Best skating defenseman in the league, in your opinion, uh, in the NHL, maybe Kale McCarr, maybe. Uh, good pick for Montreal if they draft number four? Question mark. Hmm. If Logan Cooley is there, that would be really cool. I would listen to what was available for a draft for the draft pick. Simone Nemich could be fun there. Uh, Slavkovsky could be fun with them, but I don't know if he's up the alley that they're kind of going up. I mean, I would hope for Cooley, but if not Cooley, landing someone like Nemich could be an interesting one and add to a pretty interesting defense group that that they're that they're putting together. Matthew Savoy could be an interesting Montreal Canadian as well, but that would be maybe a little risky. I'd listen to what who I'd listen to who's 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 trading. Uh, I'd listen to who might be trading. Uh, based on their recent drafting trends, who are some guys you could see the Sharks taking at eleven? I would love Brad Lambert in a Sharks jersey. Just another speedy guy for them up the middle that can play just high-octane hockey that they seem to be amassing, like Bortolo and Lambert and Coe and Gooschen. Like, Brad Lambert with Daniel Gooschen on the same team is just... Ugh, it could be amazing. So I would push for Brad Lambert if I'm if I'm San Jose. Not sure if you've answered this, but have you watched Juracek since his return? No, but I've been meaning to, so that's a good reminder to do so. Uh, I really should. Um, I'm getting the vibe that Lakaramaki and Ugrin are locks for the top 15, but watching the U18s, I was most impressed with, with Osland. Well, yeah, you're bang on. Osland was really, really good in that tournament. I thought he was the best player of the three, followed by Lakaramaki, then Ugrin. But Ugrin had a great game at the end of the tournament, so I guess that matters. Projecting the three Swedes? Well, it depends how you want to project them. Like, I look at Lakaramaki, and I could see him being an NHL role player finishing finishing plays. For Usland, I think he's a more well-rounded tr- transition player, a better playmaker. And Ugran, I think, is the most projectable, where he could be a middle six, physical, skilled power winger. And, and they're all going to play different roles. Um, I'm safely, I'm, I'm happiest and safest projecting, projecting Ugran out of the three of them. I think Lakaramaki is next on that list, and Usland is more of a question mark. But I'm more interested in Oslin than the Karamaki, so it's it's complicated. But I I, I you're right. Like Oslin was the guy who was driving a lot of that bus. I felt in that tournament. Is there a prospect you don't really believe in right now? You could, but who you could see if they took a big step next season just because something clicks. Maverick Lamaru maybe just because he 
growing into his size maybe could be a thing. If Nathan Gaucher gets a little gets more skilled, uh, I could see Nathan Gaucher being t- taking a big step. Uh, Jordan Gustafson going. I I would if I'm a Toronto if I'm a, if I'm Toronto if I'm a if I'm an NHL team. I'm drafting Jordan Gustafson and sending him to a skating camp and just going like, you're going to work on this. You're going to work on getting quicker. You're going to work on, on getting more agile and more dynamic because the brain he's got is good enough to make it work. Uh, and I just, I want to see more of that coming out of him. Um, am I right to feel nervous for the draft as a Canucks fan with the new front office? As much as Benning sucked, I actually think he was okay at the draft table when he wasn't whipping on first round picks. Well, you've got some smart people working in Vancouver. Uh, I wouldn't be too concerned. It's, it's, we'll see how things go. As far as I can tell, a lot of the scouting team is still there that has been there since Benning left. I don't, I don't think that team has changed much. Um, I, I can, I, I might, I, I can, I don't know, maybe, maybe you can find that out somewhere. Um, but I think it's been mostly the same. Uh, so I wouldn't be too concerned. I have faith. Uh, I'm kind of sad Leo Carlson was hurt. Wanted to see him on a second line with Beastead. Yeah, that's too bad. Leo Carlson looked pretty good in the game I watched where he was playing, so, yeah. Uh, sorry if it was asked already, but what have you seen in Nemich this week that got him good to go up two spots? So, yeah, it was asked already, but I'll go quick. So it was basically, he just took, he just looks a lot more in control of his play, especially offensively on, on rushes and everything. He's a, he's a really, really good puck carrier and just seems to be getting better in that area. He was getting more creative in the offensive zone, you know, looking off defenses and 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 shaking guys off and stepping into space and making plays. He did that more often than he used to, whereas before he would juke off a defenseman and just shoot it on net, which is not always great. But he's getting more creative. Um, there's a lot that I liked that I that I you know I still have concerns for sure. Like his defensive game, I have concerns. His, you know, in a few areas, I don't know how well his offensive rush game projects, but he does do a lot of things pretty well. Um, and I think there's a nice baseline to work with, with him. Um, even if I think, you know, top three, top five is a little bit, a little bit outside my comfort zone for sure. He's, he should be in the top 10, I think, based on what I've seen. Um, just still, I'm still having trouble putting him ahead of guys like Sapkowski, Juracek, Cooley, um, even Lambert. Um, and, uh, I'm trying to think of the other ones ahead of him, but they're slipping my mind. Um, Sabres are looking for a long-term partner for Owen Power. Outside of Nemec and Juracek, who should they take? Leon Bixell would be a fun pickup. I mean, they're playing Matias Samuelson already there. Um, uh, Elias Salomonson could be a fun one for them. Um, maybe Mats Lindgren or, or yeah, I don't know. Probably not Denton Matejcik. Kali Odilius could be a fun pickup for them to go with that. I mean, I don't know. I don't really want to. Dr- I don't really like thinking about draft picks through the lens of like who can play with this player that already exists on our team. Because like if you do draft a guy like Leon Bixell, you're looking at two years from seeing him, and who knows, you might have another option that you could sign in free agency or acquire in a trade. Um, and so then you've made your pick look a little silly. So I would, I don't know. I, I I think if anything, if you're looking for a long-term partner for Owen Power right now, you trade a first-round pick and get one. Uh, in case I haven't asked this, what do you think Michael Hage will do considering he tendered with the steal, but also has been picked by the Rangers top 10 in the OHL draft? So I don't have any inside knowledge on this, but it would really suck if Michael Hage tendered with the steal and, and they lost a pick for it 
and then he left to go to Kitchener. So I get the feeling that since he went this far down the, down the road and instead of he went this far down the road, uh, rather than telling Kitchener, Hey, or telling every CHL team, like, Hey, I'm going to sign with Chicago unless, unless Kitchener drafts me, which I, as far as I understand, like that's more common as players will go, look, I know the teams I want to play for in the OHL. And if I don't, I'm going to the USHL and I'll play for whatever. Um, or you trade me to a team that I'll that I'll play for. And usually they don't sign a tender agreement and Chicago lost a pick because of it. So I get the feeling he's going to go to Chicago at least for next year. Whether or not he stays in Chicago and goes to Kitchener the year after, I have no idea. But it wouldn't be the first time that ever happened. Um, have you tracked Maverick Lamaru yet? Yes, I have. Uh, could he be an interesting pl- project player with a combination of size and skating? Yes, he could be. Uh, every time I've seen him this year, I thought, okay, like... He's got a decent shot. He's got decent range. He's got decent hands for a big boy. But that's it. Everything else is either not good or a major work in progress. Like, I've seen him just get bamboozled way too often. I think he's a good example of a player who has big player problems. Like, if we talk a lot about short player problems, Lamaru can be a player who has big player problems, I think. Have you seen Dennis Concius? His pick 224 data from the Finnish U20 league looks great despite limited ice time. He's from Estonia. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I saw the same thing you saw. I have taken a look at this guy. Um, I don't really see much going on there, to be honest with you. The Kuvi's junior team is not good. He's putting up really, really good data on that site, probably because his team is not very good. Um, so yeah, uh, you know, he, he, I, I, I've seen him a little bit, but not a ton. Um, I guess I'll take another look at him because sure. Uh, but usually like division two a for the under 18s, like I think Liam Kirk played at that level and had like 15 points in five games or something like just blew them away. Um, and so, like, he was very good there, but in terms of historical production for NHL prospects, not particularly quite where you would expect, because that is a really low level of hockey. Um, and at the World Juniors, I did see that team play a little bit, and I think I did watch a little bit of him. Uh, and I thought he was one of the better players on that team, but I don't think it was enough for me to go draft the kid from Estonia. But just for you, I'll, I'll see if I can take another look, Nick, in the next little while. Uh, if Montreal gets the first pick, would you talk to Columbus to get six and 12? I saw that idea on Twitter. I would, I would, I would open the phone lines and say, look, what do you want? You could get Shane, Wright. You could have Shane, Wright. What are you thinking about? Hey, what do you think? Yeah. And see who, and see who bites hardest. Maybe it would be Columbus at six and 12. Maybe, uh, best goaltending prospect. I don't know. Uh, Ty Young is good. Tyler Brennan, Georgie Ivanov, uh, Georgie Ivanov, Sergey Ivanov. One of the something Ivanov is good too. Topias Lainanen, I guess, is another option, but I'm not huge on him. I don't know. Not many goalies are like Jesper Walstead last year, where I'm like, I don't know anything about goalies, but this guy's good, and I don't think I see much of that. Otherwise, I would be ranking them, but I don't have any goalies ranked. Um. At this point, is it worth a try to send Kirby Doc to the AHL to see if he can get hot, then bring him back up after a good stretch? Potentially, sure. Um, but I just get the feeling that Chicago sees him as an NHL player and there's no reason to put him down in the in the AHL. I feel like they might think that that's a, 
uh, a confidence harmer rather than a confidence healer. Whether or not that's right or not, I don't know. But yeah, I don't know. Chicago had a rough year all around. Um, hoping Kirby Doc can sort of grab the reins and sort of start taking over next season, though. Uh, third, thoughts on Alexander Paravalov. Skilled as heck, um, skates his way into pressure constantly and tries to solve it with skill. Just not a very good distributor of the puck. Not a very good team player, I guess you could say. Not, you know, he's hockey selfish, I guess you could say. Um, I haven't seen him in a little while though, so it's a good reminder for me to go check him out. But I don't know. I, I, you see the skill with him and you see the, the, the potential with what he tries and how creative he is, but I'm not blown away by by Paravalov personally like second round third round pick sure but I think there's going to be other guys that I like uh b- 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 around where he gets drafted I think there's going to be other guys I like just as much if not more uh the best pure offensive defenseman who sucks at defending um honestly might be Nemich um who else uh Korchinski I think could be that as well. Uh, Sam Renzel can be pretty hairy defensively at times. Something like that, maybe. Denton Matejchuk, not necessarily bad defensively, but hard to project defensively. But offensively, he's a forward basically, if that's what you're looking for. Um, what do you look for in an undersized defenseman that leads you to believe they'll have success in the NHL? mobility so not just speed but like lateral agility lateral mobility backwards mobility being able to cover and control gaps uh on defensive rushes uh closing those gaps with your feet leading with your stick quick turnarounds as well like once the puck gets on your stick do you turn it around can you turn it around and how well do you turn it around um is there offense in their game uh, can they carry the puck? Do they have enough speed to evade pressure, speed, skill, edges? A lot of those things need to come. It, it sets the bar higher for sure. Um, but I at least want to see mobility and an ability to turn the puck around. Close gaps, get in the way, to cause turnovers, move pucks. All those things need to start sort of happen for me. Uh, can't fall to fourth anymore. Lowest Montreal could draft would be third. That is true. Good point. I keep forgetting that. Uh, rank Weisblatt, Bordolo, Robbins, Gustian, and Co. on your projection of their NHL impacts. Well, we're already seeing Bordolo, and he's better than I expected already. Um, that skating has come a long way from what I remember in the draft, and the defensive game we'll see if it if it's enough, but his offense is there. Um, but I would say Bordolo, Bordolo, Gustian, Bordolo, Gustian, Co. Oh, jeez. This is why it's so, like it's unbelievable that they got all of these guys in one draft. It's crazy. Um, Bordalo, Goosejin, Co, Weisblatt, Robbins, but they're all gonna. I think they're all gonna be really are are gonna be something. Thoughts on Aaron Kibiharu at the U18s? Uh... I thought he was really good. I mean, the thing about Kiwi Haru is that he's really, really, really smart and has really good hands. Like, he can deceive guys and move pucks really, really well. Uh, and and he's not the quickest guy. He's not the most physical or most evasive guy, but he just reads play really, really well and distributes the puck really, really well. Um, and that was on display at the under-18s. Like, he moved pucks really effectively. 
um, read the ice really, really well and, and just made the right plays a lot of the time. And that really stuck out to me at least. Um, who would the Red Wings pick at nine? Uh, I don't know. Uh, maybe Frank Nazer. Uh, they're, they're, someone really good is going to be available at nine though. So whoever that is, I don't know. Apologies if you already answered this, but please explain why Cutter Goche is ranked third in the, NA, in the in North America by NHL Central Scouting. Could you see Cutter Goche being one of the top picks? I mean, he's one of the better f- shooters in the top end of the draft. Like, his release is really quick and deceptive and impressive. But I don't know. I can't explain why he's a three, personally. I can't. Uh, my North American scouting ranking would be Wright, Cooley, Savoy, Korchinski, Mintyukov, uh, oh wait, no, Wright, Cooley, uh, Savoy, then Nazer, Casey, Howard, Goche. So he'd be one, two, three, four, five, sixth on my North American central scouting list if I were them. I think that's a little more reasonable because three puts him ahead of Isaac Howard. It puts him ahead of Seamus Casey, which maybe I could see that argument, uh, but I just love Seamus Casey putting him ahead of Frank Nazer, like I could maybe see the argument for that, but I feel like they're kind of similar in a way. Um, but like Savoy and, and the potential of Savoy and, and Cooley's potential and right. Like, yeah, I, I don't know. I can't, I don't think I could do it. Is there a player like Matt Strom whose skating is painful to watch? Uh, Jordan Gustafson at times, Christian Cairo, uh, who else is kind of painful to watch on their feet? Um, Connor Geeky sometimes, for sure, in certain situations. Yanni Newman uh, can be painful. Matias Sapovalov is not a great skater, in my opinion. There's a few of them. Assuming the Penguins pick around 20, which prospects would you be pushing for if you were at the draft table? If Brad Lambert's available, Brad Lambert, because at 20, that's great value. Um, trying to think of like what would Pittsburgh actually draft. Like Seamus Casey could be a good Penguin. Uh, Noah Osland would be a fun penguin, but they don't usually draft a lot of Swedes. They drafted Holander. If Kevin Korchinski is there, he could be a good one. Isaac Howard would be a lot of fun. I think he'd be a great fit with Pittsburgh. Um, there's a few. There's a few. We'll see who's available. Did you like the Canucks taking Danila Klimovich in the second last year? Not really. I really thought that was going to be Logan Stankoven. It was not. Uh, what did you like the most of watching bits of Porter Martone? Just all around, he seemed like extremely projectable. Like the hands, the creativity, the size, the skill level, the shot quality, the age, like he's one of the younger guys that went in the OHL draft. Like there's just so much that went for the, for in the right direction for me with Martone. And I, I really, 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 really liked what he had. I think if I had to make a board for the OHL draft, I think he would have been three behind Villeneuve and Misa, I think. And so, yeah, I think Sarnia got a great player. Which is better and why, OHL or WHL? I don't know. Uh, What's the best part of a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, the peanut butter or the jelly? They're both great. They both go well together. If I eat too much peanut butter, I don't like it. If I eat too much jam, I don't like it. But I'll make a PB&J and uh, just have fun regardless. Uh, what is the potential of Matejchuk and what are comparisons of Matejchuk? So part of the problem with Denton Matejchuk is that I don't know who to compare him to in the NHL. I don't know who he plays like. Um, 
I'm trying to think of like undersized defensemen that basically are forwards and defensively like they're okay, competent, but, but I get the feeling that once Matej Chuck's outside of his comfort zone and guys push wide on him and create some space, he can get burned pretty bad. Uh, and he doesn't really have the feet to make it, to make it, to make up for that. Um, so I don't know who in the NHL he reminds me of, but his potential, if he hits a really interesting team's power play quarterback, um, maybe a second pair guy that you play a lot on the power play, something like that. What could Gunther become? Uh, 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 what could Gunther become? I'd say a top six winger. Like he's a really good offensive guy. He's just not going to quarterback his own line. I don't think he's going to be a really good procedural offensive transition guy, getting pucks, moving pucks, you know, getting the job done that way and just finishing really well in the offensive zone. He's got a nice brain for playmaking, a really nice shot. Uh, doesn't do the best job at getting in scoring position consistently, but that can be worked on. He's good. Like I think a top six scoring winger is perfectly reasonable. Do you think Sean Farrell will be an NHL player? And if so, how good? Uh, yeah, I don't see why not. Maybe a middle six, uh, energy winger. Like he's got some skill, but I, I don't know. I've always really liked Sean Farrell. I hope for the best for him. And I think he could maybe not a top line guy, but a good third line guy, you know, he's kind of up that mold of like Zach Hyman and, and, and Michael Bunting that Toronto has had a few times where you just kind of know what you're getting out of him. Like a mini Brendan, Brendan Gallagher, you know, not Brendan Gallagher good, but like barking up that tree. Uh, who is going to be the Tyler Boucher of this draft? High pick out of nowhere. I mean, in my book, it might be Ryan Chesley. Like if Ryan Chesley goes top 10 or top 15, I'd be pretty surprised. And I have Ryan Chesley around the range where I had Tyler Boucher last year. Outside of that, I mean... I don't know. If someone went out and got like Devin Kaplan top 15, I'd be very surprised. And I, I don't know. It, it'll be, it'll be someone, if if anyone, it, it'll, it'll still blow my mind. Um, but also Boucher kind of surprises don't happen all the time. Uh, do you think Marat Kuznodinov will be an impact player in the NHL? I keep getting conflicting narratives on him. I think he will. I don't know. I, I still have a lot of faith in him. As soon as SKA started adding more players and just picking up a lot of the scraps that NHL teams dropped off. Kuznetinov's ice time went down, but he had a really, really good start to the year. I believe he also got hurt. That's happened a couple of times, but I don't know. I have all the hope in the world that Kuznetinov is going to be a good player in the NHL. Um, I, 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 my brand depends on it, but I love Marat Kuznetinov. Are the Avs the easiest team to bandwagon on? Absolutely. Absolutely. They're the easiest bandwagon team to bandwagon on. Um, because they've been great for so long and they're such a rocket ship of a hockey team. Of course, they're the easiest team to bandwagon. And I totally understand it. They've got cool jerseys. They've got a cool arena. They have a, they are in a cool city. They've got great players. Um, so yeah. Will Quebec get an NHL team in the next 20 years? Uh, I mean, probably. It's like gotta be. It's gotta be there. Uh, you know, if Winnipeg can have a team, Quebec can have a team. Um, so I don't know in 20 years. Sure. I could, I could see it. Can you quickly explain why you're so high on Trikazov? Uh, sure. Uh, remarkable offensive transition player, really, really good skill level, unbelievable finishing skill, shooting the puck, really, really good playmaker as well. Just great vision, really dynamic, 
improving defensively, but still kind of like, he's a guy that when he's on, he is a menace, but when he is not on, he can be invisible. And so I totally understand. There are some games I watch him where he's not doing much of anything. The seventh game I did, which is the last one I did, he was pretty pedestrian. And then in the third period, he had like three or four slot passes, two or three medium danger chances, just like he knows how to score and does it really, really well. Plus he's very, very young. And that also works in his benefit. Um, so that, that's a, that's the Coles notes, but more coming on him soon. Who's the guy you see slipping from the first to the early second? Uh, oh, um, Noah Osland. Sure. Noah Osland. Um, what do you see in Paul Ludwinski? I've watched a lot of France games, not a fan at all. So he has problems scoring. Like Ludwinski's a guy who does a lot of, he, he does a lot of things that are good in terms of getting into scoring position. Like I'll show you some of the data I've got on him. Um, Paul, oh no, his name is not, he's not a defenseman. Paul, Paul Ludd. So yeah, so he's not getting a ton of offensive chances himself in terms of playmaking. He is getting quite a few chances in terms of, of shot attempts himself, like getting into scoring position and getting shots off. He's, he's doing that relatively often. But yeah, I mean, he's, he's a guy who I think could be a bottom six energy guy. Um, really, really good transition results going offensively. I like the skill level that he's got, the energy level he brings. Um, you know, he plays, he plays a way where a coach can rely on him. He doesn't take low percentage chances. He gets into dangerous space, you know, gets those chances pretty often. Just not a very well-rounded player, but an acceptable one with, I think, I think upside. Like once he builds, if he can just get another level of skill with his hands, and if he can just get a little bit more dynamic, you know, push and pull the play a little bit better than he does, I think he could have a huge year offensively um, next season. But there's you're, there there there's time to to develop, but he's going to need it. Um, but there is some stuff that I've seen out of him that I that I do really like. Uh, can being faster make you look better? Absolutely, for sure. To yeah, for sure. Uh, that's an easy one. Yes. Uh, the best defenseman for Canada at the under-18s. Uh, Pickering, I guess. Slim Pickens, but I, I thought it was Pickering. Do you have Brady Stonehouse data? I've done two games of Brady Stonehouse, I think, but it's been a very long time since I did a game of his. So yeah, two games. Um, I don't know. I, I thought Brady Stonehouse was pretty ho-hum a lot. Uh, and then at the end of the, you know, once in a while, you kind of go, oh, okay, like there's something. But... I don't know, really quiet player most of the time I've seen him. I like the skill that he pops out one once in a while, but not enough for me to really consistently have him ranked. Um, I'm sure he'll get picked. He's physical, he's hard-nosed, he, he likes to sort of mix things up a little bit, which NHL teams probably like. He'll probably get a pick, but I, I'm not like over the moon with him, but I have seen some pretty impressive stuff in, in isolation. Uh, well, guys, that's two hours and seven minutes. That'll be it for tonight. Thank you very much for joining me. Um, so, to, so next week, uh, there will be no stream on Thursday, but we are going to stream on Tuesday night for the draft lottery. I will make uh, a YouTube stream and you guys can schedule it. Uh, you can check it out when that happens and we will, you know, hang out together and talk about the draft lottery and, and, and see what happens. Um, thank you very much for joining me. This was great. Uh, nice, solid audience. Things are starting to ramp up into draft season. 
couple of videos should be open next week a couple more getting filmed this week uh i have a couple more to edit and send over so uh there's lots coming don't worry there's lots and lots and lots and lots coming uh thank you very much for joining me have a great evening have a great week and we will see you on tuesday night uh and i hope your favorite team wins the lottery uh and if your team isn't in the lottery then i hope your team wins all the playoff games and if they don't too bad don't get too mad about it uh be civil because the internet is a cesspool and the last thing we need is the cesspool to become more toxic so thank you very much we'll see you around uh that would be tuesday night and 